Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, it's Luke Owen here from the WrestleTalk podcast. Hope you're doing very well. This is a little bonus gift to you here in the podcast feed because we have just celebrated our fifth get that our fifth anniversary of doing wrestle talk extra over at patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk you probably heard us talk about this on the show before it's where ollie and i review an old pay-per-view from the past uh, which is voted for by patrons suggested by patrons voted for by patrons and then reviewed by us for like three or so hours uh, depending on the show we go through like the wrestling observer newsletter or the figure four weekly or you know all that sort of stuff what the dirt sheets were saying and depending on the years oftentimes going into my old forum days uh, i used to be part of a forum called the smart marks forum uh, and going through the posts that i made about those pay-per-views or the news at that time so you can get like a real time opinion of what luke owen thought of wrestling depending on what year it is sometimes i'm actually not on the board but i do read out what other people thought from the time because those are my people so yeah that's five years we have been doing wrestle talk extra i'm just going to go down the list and just read you some of the pay-per-views we've done even recently but like here we go SummerSlam 2005 bash at the beach 1996 slammiversary 2005 judgment day 02 NXT TakeOver Dallas, Victory Road 2011, No Way Out 2009, The Royal Rumble 2004. I don't remember doing that at all. What was that show? Oh, it's Hardcore Holly going after Bob Le- uh, Brock Lesnar, that's right. NXT TakeOver London, Survivor Series 2002, Bound for Glory 2007, Ring of Honor All-Star Extravaganza 8, SummerSlam 02, Bash of the Beach 2000, legit one of my favourite shows ever, King of the Ring 1998, TNA Sacrifice 2008, Backlash 2000, WrestleMania 19, St. Valentine's Day Massacre 1999, Royal Rumble 2010, let's have a look, load more, look at all these shows that we've done and that's only taken us back to 2021 vengeance 2001 survivor series 2001 halloween havoc 1995 all in from 2018 SummerSlam 2010 with the the old nexus thing uh, and what we're going to be talking about today which is wcpw build to destroy 2016 uh this one actually isn't hosted by me and i this is actually hosted by me and adam so this is and adam's on this card this is wcw's first big show and adam is involved in the main event of this show which is why we decided to pick it although now i think about it maybe i should have done bash at the beach 2000 because that is an absolute uh an awful awful show 
But do you know what? You can go over to patreon.com and listen to that because it's a fantastic little podcast that we did. Um, just going to go through some more of the podcasts we have done. So podcasts, which are the shows we've done. Dominion from uh, 20... Which Dominion was that? Uh, Dominion from 2018, which is obviously the Akada and Mega Match. Tempest is on that show. Unstoppable 2015, WrestleMania 21, WrestleMania 26, Elimination Chamber 2014, Royal Rumble 2001, TLC 2011, Survivor Series 1997. Whoa, Survivor Series 1997, that one. Bound for Glory 2010, Unforgiven 2006, Takeover Brooklyn, Invasion, One Night Stand 2006, Chicago. Chicago 1, that is. Um, it's going to load some more, see what else we've done. Elimination Chamber 2011, Royal Rumble 2000, one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. December to December 2006, TakeOver Toronto, Bad Blood, the first ever uh, Hell in a Cell, Unbreakable 2005, SummerSlam 2000, Destination X 2011, ECW One Night Stand 2005, Judgment Day 2000, WrestleMania X7. That is, check this out, by the way, guys. That is a four hour 38 minute podcast four over four and a half hours that podcast is dearie me uh, and then there's wrestlemania 25 which is also four hours long uh, no way out 2004 wrestle kingdom 10 armageddon 2000 survivor series 1998 halloween havoc 1998 and money in the bank 2011 i've literally listed all of the pay-per-views that we have done i originally was only going to do a couple i ended up reading you all of them so apologies for that but yeah that is if you head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestletalk and you back us at any of the levels you will get access to every single one of those so if you just backed us at five bucks you will get look at all of those considering you know that uh wrestlemania x7 that's nearly a buck for every hour that you get of that show just for that one show and you get all of those as a little rss feed you can put that into your podcast platform of choice unless it's spotify because spotify doesn't allow rss codes so you just do it in like so an apple podcast or, or whatever one you've got uh but yeah man like those memories those various different locations those were filmed in some of those go back to the old dagnum uh, the t-shirt wall days some of those were recorded in the red room of death some of those were recorded in the the original new studio we had and then some of those uh, some of those were recorded remotely during the pandemic era and then some of those are recorded brand new so yeah a whole hell of a lot uh, at wrestle talk sorry at patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk but for now after a brief musical interlude we will present to you WCPW Builds to Destroy, featuring Adam Blompier. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Two earth-shattering championship matches tonight from Newcastle, England, as the USA's Jay Lethal defends the Ring of Honor World Championship against Scotland's Noam Dar. And then the WCPW World Championship is on the line as Rampage Brown and Big Damo go head-to-head on a night where the stars of WCPW are built to destroy. Hello and welcome to Wrestle Talk Extra. I am Luke Owen, and this time I'm joined by Adam Blompier. You're welcome. <laughs> How are you, mate? I'm doing fine. Uh, it's been genuinely horrible to go back and, and relive some of my um, manager days. Uh, as part of WCPW, the cringe factor is intensely real. Um, those trainers with that jacket, what was I thinking? Uh, but no, I'm uh, I'm excited to take this jaunt down memory lane with you, Luke. I mean, you are in a very privileged position, Adam, because so the Wrestle Talk Extra podcast, or previously Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast, has been around now for three and a bit years, and only twice has it not been me and ollie hosting Ooh, what was the other time uh ollie and pete did it i was on holiday and we didn't get a chance to record it before i left so pete filled in for me so that's the only other time it's not been me and ollie doing this show how do you feel i feel good but well i like doing podcasts with you so that that really helps and um, you're going to bring a fun perspective to this as well. It does. <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> it does bring to mind, however, that we just we had an email recently from someone who said that they were they weren't really into listening to the Wrestle Talk podcast anymore because back in the day it used to be me and Ollie doing every episode. But since then, we've brought in new hosts, and you know, you and Laurie do the NXT review. I'm doing the Friday podcast with someone else, and quite understandably, I can 
he you know he was like it's not really what I, I i enjoyed about the podcast in the first place but i will still listen to wrestle talk extra because that is always you and ollie doing the review are you, are you negging me luke what is this <laughs> You're saying like, hey just so you know before we start this very unique pairing uh every time we've done this in the past interest has plummeted so <laughs> in your a game that would be ideal thanks luke oh. I mean, I mean, if you want me to neg you further, I mean, it's not even negging. I'm just going to praise you. You are the draw. Like whenever we do put you on things, more people are interested. Well, diminishing returns is my middle name. Let's see. <laughs> see if we can do it. Let's see if we can keep it up. So yeah, this is, uh, and the reason why Adam is doing this show, A, Ollie needs a break. He's a very tired boy working six days a week for the last uh, nearly four months, bless his heart. Uh, but also, it's a WCPW show, which you were a part of, not just a little bit a part of, you were very much a part of. Yes, indeed. Mr. WCPW myself. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I was I was there from, from the moment it opened. Uh, I wasn't there when it closed. So that is, those are my credentials. I got <laughs> out while it was still alive. Um, do you want to know what uh, you beat in terms of the poll? Yes, because you, because you were nearly on last month's show because we we had a WCPW show suggested last month that didn't quite win. And we thought, oh, it'd be quite funny if Adam came onto the show, though. And you were like, no, that would be a terrible idea because <laughs> I don't want to rewatch these. And I think you saying that you didn't want to do it did spark someone else to suggest one. Uh, and this time, because you said you didn't want to do it, it nearly won. Well, it basically won in a landslide. Um cool. You, uh, WCPW built to destroy 2016 won with 33% of the vote in Ooh. second place with 16% of the vote. So your pay-per-view is more world or wildly recognized than WCW bash at the beach, 1996. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, what happened to that pay-per-view? Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> Uh, you also beat out uh, the Great American Bash 1990, uh, Fully Loaded 1998, Heat Wave 1999, and 2000. Fully Loaded 2000. Um, that's a fun show, actually. Vengeance 2002, Night of Champions 2009, Money in the Bank 2012, uh, <laughs> Dominion from 2015. Jeez, I am w the draw, aren't I? WWE Battlegrounds 2016, and importantly, Great Balls of Fire 2017. Oh, I mean, out of all of those, I kind of most want to hear um, Battleground 2016 because the show's dump apart from one match and it has one of the worst endings in pay-per-view history. So uh, if, you know, if, if, my, if my reverse psychology influences the vote, please don't do Battleground 2016 next month. That would really make me sad. I mean, unfortunately, I, mean, I don't want to break kayfabe here, but like the way that the polls work is you have to nominate a pay-per-view that happened within the month. Oh, so, shag. Yeah, so unfortunately, mate, it's going to be one that's in it's August next, isn't it? Yeah, one that will have to happen in August. Uh, but yeah, Battleground was actually the pay-per-view you were going up against in terms of uh, you know the wrestling war. Um, I didn't actually remember what the main event of it was. but Battleground 2016, I think, was... The Shield triple threat? It was indeed, yeah. Ambrose, Rollins, and Reigns. Uh, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, because the Wrestling Observer Newsletter didn't do a write-up of Built to Destroy, I'm afraid to say. I don't understand why. It had <laughs> such such classic matches. 
Uh, actually, so you know what? Going back and rewatching, while I make myself cringe a lot, uh, some of those matches are really, <laughs> really fun. You know, just like Rampage versus Demos, just like these two lads are absolutely lumping each other. It's really fun. Also, I, I just do want to correct uh, before I correct myself before anyone corrects me. Uh, I was I was thinking Battleground twenty thirty which was uh, the one good match with The Shield and the worst pay-per-view ending of all time, not Battleground 2016. Uh, I just wanted to get that in there, being just like, I know I made a mistake. Uh, what was the, I, the ending to the 2013 one? So it was uh, Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton for the vacant um, WWE Championship or the WWE World Heavyweight Championship um, after the fast count at Night of Champions. So the bell was the bell was held up and it's been like, right, Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan at Battleground, the first ever iteration of Battleground. We're going to work out who is going to be the champion. And then during the match, out comes the big show oh, uh, and he lamps the ref. Then he lamps Bryan. Then he lamps Orton. Then he lamps the ref again. And then he leaves. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> oh, that is bad. Yeah, and that's before the network as well. So if you wanted to see that, you had to depart with $50. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, Battleground 2015 did better in the Observer poll. Um, so, we, yeah, when we do these shows, I usually have, like, you know, a write-up from the Observer of what Dave or Brian thought of the show. But I can tell you what they thought of Battleground. Um, the, the Observer feedback, 88.5% uh, thumbs up for that show. Oh, 2016. Uh, yep, they 2016, got it. yeah, yeah, yeah. 5.7% thumbs down and 10.9% in the middle. That makes sense. It was a good show. Like the Shield Triple Threat was fun. It had um, Enzo and Cass and John Cena versus The Club. It did, uh, yes. Yeah, it was, it was decent enough. Uh, but this is the main headline from that observer. After failing two USADA tests for clomphamine, a banned substance used by athletes largely to help in getting a body's natural production of testosterone back to normal after a steroid cycle, WWE officials have confirmed that not only will Brock Lesnar not be suspended, but that Lesnar is not even subject to WWE's own wellness policy. Ha! <laughs> Fun. What a Those are... cheeky chappy. Those at WWE confirmed Lesnar has not been tested at any time, something that has led to some WWE performers who are aware of this claiming a double standard, which, as it turned out, has been the case for some time and isn't limited to Lesnar, but is something the company never revealed until this past week. Oh, wow. I actually didn't know that. I didn't know there was sort of an elite club of people who didn't have to be tested. Oh, That's yeah, Randy's delightful. one of them. Yeah, Randy Orton's one of them. Well, because... he better be because he was on two strikes for a long time. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, because he kept getting like he got two strikes and they were like, well, we did say that if you get a third strike, you have to be fired. And well, we're not firing him. So I guess we'll just stop testing him. I think there was a headline as well. Would you be like, Randy Orton has worked off one of his strikes. Is that how that works? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just like they just basically just reset it being just like yeah he's sort of got the he's had the the sword of damocles hanging over him and he really does like being on the juice so we probably better change our rules <laughs> Um, so uh, this aired on the 25th of July 2016, although it was taped on the 16th of June 2016. It was a month beforehand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what yeah. So uh, we did we we taped them all over two days um <laughs> the so we had taped first first and second episode night one then we taped third and fourth episode the morning of the second day which was sparsely attended <laughs> uh, as you would expect and then we taped the go home show and built to this no i think it was just built to destroy we taped in the uh in the evening um, yeah and, 
it was just as I was moving up to Newcastle. In fact, oh, literally, really? I was moving up that week, and we were doing the shows. It was uh, all systems go. Yeah, I mean, obviously, around this time of the show, that I would usually ask, "Hey, what were you up to at this time?" But well, we know what you were up to at this time. You were you were the leader of BX. That's right, B <laughs> Blompier Generation X, uh, the greatest stable, which included <laughs> me uh, and Big Damo. <laughs> now, hey, not not at this point. Uh, oh no no you're absolutely well i mean we, you know the deal had been done luke obviously oh, okay. it had been you know it, it had been my plan all along as the commentary team would put over <laughs> despite that making no sense uh, <laughs> but um i i can't remember oh because i was heel so who else was part of bx was oh uh sam i believe was part of dx sam driver um because mm -hmm. yeah uh, jack was Jack was the main face of Pachiti Club for a while up until Mania. And Sam, no, Sam had turned, Sam had turned face again. I think, I think it was just me and BX at this point. Cause I, I, yeah, I recruited Sam and I think Susie <laughs> as well as part of B, uh, B Generation X. And, uh, but after WrestleMania, I think pretty much everyone, I think, cause I remember Sam choke slamming me in the park, uh, which sucked. Uh, I got choke slammed onto a cardboard box full of T-shirts, and that was not the padding I thought it was. The box instantly collapsed, and I slammed into the ground. Um, so yeah, after after that, and Jack was sort of reign reign supreme. Uh, I think it was pretty much just me on my tard, and then obviously Petiti came back. Uh, we launched WCPW, uh, and then BX yeah expanded into actual wrestlers <laughs> being part of it oh dear so yeah so like 2016 i i wasn't working uh with WrestleTalk just yet i would join the following year uh 2017 is that right 2017 i think so because i got married in 2017 i think big yes, year big yeah, year big for, for luke owen it was yes yeah. so I, I was working uh for vodafone at this point um i had moved to london so i was driving back and forth to newbury which is in berkshire uh, like an hour and a half each way to to get to work um but like it's uh i mean this is a, a fun this was a fun little show for me to watch because fun fact for you adam i've never seen a wcpw show before luke what what are you how is the hottest brit rest promotion of the decade mate like we had we we had you know kurt angle do you know and versus cody rhodes we had, you know, that the really controversial five pound show we did with Alberto El Patron, where everyone got really cross because we offered up a W an ex WWE stuff for cheap. It was, you know, the World Cup, Luke. Okay, so I I learned of WCPW um, by the time that I I joined WrestleTalk. Also, that was when I also learned of you as well and uh, and Pachiti and and everyone else. I wasn't watching like wrestling on YouTube or, or sort of or, or wrestling YouTube as a whole. The only I, I listened to the Attitude Era podcast. This was and... at the height of Plumpy Mania. How did well, how did it how did I it not make it all... over to Vodafone? I missed all of this. I I, I missed all of this. I, I didn't see one of your videos until you started working for us. <laughs> to be fair, Luke, I hadn't seen any of yours until I started <laughs> well, working I for us and talk either. I wouldn't have expected <laughs> you to. <laughs> support each other yeah <laughs> when you work with each other yeah sure. um 
and yeah. and like yeah as soon, as soon as you know as soon as you know we all go our separate ways we'll never hear or speak from <laughs> each other ever again I'll be like, who? Um, yeah, so this was a, a first time watching. I was genuinely quite excited. And like for reasons we'll go into uh, in a little bit, I got to see some other WCPW stuff. So I threw myself into this. Not only did I watch WCPW Built to Destroy 2016, I also watched a, do you want to get that? Uh, that is a little package. Yes. Okay. Um, do, uh, do you know? Do you want to know where that is? Oh, thank you. Uh, my partner's Holly has uh, has gone to the to the door. Uh, I'm having card sleeves delivered. <gasps> oh, cool. Yeah, pretty good ones. Dragon Shield, which are uh, a very very sturdy card because I got this uh, through the post, which is a Victorian expansion to this uh, board game that I really, really love called Unmatched, where you basically have uh, fighters, you know, going up against each other. It's like a skirmish thing, uh, but they've all got unique decks and unique kind of special powers. Uh, but basically this comes with like 120 cards and I've got another set with like 60 cards. So my plan this evening is to watch Buffy and sleeve all those cards <laughs> and it's going to be delightful sounds wicked yeah yeah mate um thank so, yeah. you <laughs> so um so i threw myself in i watched built to destroy 2016 mm -hmm. i also watched ross's review of <laughs> built to destroy 2016 the, the wtf moments <laughs> and i watched uh, a list video of 10 things you didn't know about wcpw that featured you and Pachiti and Dixon and Jack, I think was in there um, talking about things. And I learned quite a bit like you, uh, that the building was apparently rubbish yep. that you hosted this in. Mm -hmm. uh, the title belt's not the proper title belt. It's actually a toy. So the title belt, <laughs> it's not a toy. Uh, the so we got two title belts because as you will know, at the end of Built to Destroy, uh, when Pachiti is holding the title, it looks fine because <laughs> he is, uh, you know, he is a, a human pencil. Uh, when Big Damo was holding the title, it looked like a bracelet. Uh, <laughs> so what we did was we got um, we got another title, a bigger uh, version of the title. And then we lost the smaller one. <laughs> we don't know where it is. Um, we're pretty sure it's in Scotland somewhere. We have no idea where the original WCPW title is, which was featured in Built to Destroy. Um, no clue. It's somewhere. Yeah. Someone's probably got it. And if you do, I'd love to know where it is. That would be brilliant. But the one thing that really struck me, and you sort of alluded to it earlier, when you were doing your set of tapings, one of the tapings you did was on a Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we, and, we and decided it went to be well? like, no, 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 <laughs> sir. Um, don't go and watch those episodes uploaded. They are barren. It, yeah. We basically realized oh, we don't have enough time to film all of this. Uh, I know wrestling fans, they, they, they love, you know, all wrestling. They'll probably want to come out early in the morning uh, to see some wrestling, uh, not taking into account the fact that, you know, some of our fans will have jobs or school or you know not asked to get up <laughs> before noon uh yeah no we had like enough genuinely we had just about enough people to stand shoulder to shoulder around the barricade but that's about it like we had like a couple of hundred people in uh, crammed into that warehouse for the actual like two night shows but we had probably about 
50 60 people uh in there which is decent that's way more than like the way that sort of you know ross makes it out to be and i think it's in your list video as well it makes it sound like there was 10 people and like that's what i would that's the sort of figure i had in my head no it was it was it was fine enough like we like because we basically uh offered something for free i can't remember what uh but we we managed to get and just enough people uh so that the like the actual video coverage didn't look terrible Mm. uh we didn't use the wide the hard camera a lot that uh that those shows so okay so tell me take me through this when when was wcpw sort of originated when was the idea pitched to you or was it your pitch oh god no it wasn't mine i thought tooth and nail against doing wcpw i i thought it would stretch us like insanely thin also i wasn't a huge fan of having to put my money where my mouth was i quite liked booking in fancy booking in hindsight that was all right because then i could just be like oh you know what they did that was bad they should have done this instead um and so we i because i knew it would open us up to just a lot of scrutiny which you know it did and there are the don't get me wrong there's a lot of stuff in wcpw i'm proud of but ultimately the reason why it died is it did stretch as too thin and was a you know a big money sink towards the end but uh it, it started while pachiti was away uh believe it or not pachiti uh did not create wcpw that was a little bit of spin uh pachiti was was off uh on extended leave uh he was under the weather um and it started working uh backstage as like this idea um mostly due in fact to uh to someone who now works for wrestle talk right. uh, yes it was the yeah. brainchild of um what's his public name um I, I just always just refer to him as Dixon, Mister the Mister Magazine, Mister Ma- the man who runs the Russell Talk Magazine, Mister Dixon, as we'll as we'll call him. Uh, <laughs> he he was working for What Culture at the time and uh, sort of uh, poured pretty poison into the boss's ears about how awesome it would be to do a promotion because he was um, very up there in in kind of running and booking three CW. So he uh, so he kind of like was talking to. Um, my bosses who are marks um you know you know they had the they had the money to put put their money where their mouth was uh but they definitely just wanted to kind of uh have a promotion and and play around with some wrestlers uh so like yeah we're thinking of doing this and i was like please don't um and and i remember the boss saying but you could be the head booker and i was like don't want that um like uh and i i ended up not being the head booker which was a, which was fun it ended up being a collaboration between matt holmes and mr dixon and i was sort of brought in basically they they told us like here are the stars that we could get here's what we kind of want to do with it and then it was my job to kind of create a, a like a, a a script for the show so like a beat by beat which segments and 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 kind of create a narrative order to the show but most of the time i was sort of being told what to do so i ended up getting quite wcpw grumpy whenever something bad happened because everyone thought that i did it like the um musical chairs uh segment we had with with rampage uh that annoyed him so much that he came down to the ring and kind of stuck his thumbs under his armpits which is a apparently uh, a wrestler term uh, to uh, to pop the boys uh, it's basically their way of communicating on camera i hate this segment and i <laughs> i wasn't doing it so that was nice 
gen generally speaking, WCW, WCPW was a good experience. And I am very lucky that I got to kind of meet some of my favorite wrestlers. I got to meet Kurt Angle. I got to meet Eric Bischoff and cut a promo with him. I got to, uh, you know, uppercut um, Aaron Stevens, a.k.a. Damien Sandow in the bowels. It, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of uh, fond memories, but also... Uh, Yes, if it, if I could go back and have it so that we didn't do WCPW, I'm not sure that I would have us do it just because it did kind of compromise a lot of uh, what we wanted to do. Um, I, I think, to be honest, I, 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 like the World Cup was, I was really really happy with that. Ah, sod it, no WCPW. I'm I am technically glad it existed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's always good to be technically glad that something exists. Yes, like I'm technically glad that Pete exists. <laughs> oh, bless Pete. Um, so, I mean, what would the what would you say is the the angles you were really proud that were sort of yours from inception through to actual completion? Uh, there weren't really any angles that were kind of just like all me. Um, everything was was done in the in the room. Uh, I, I was I, I pushed hard for a lot of the brackets in the World Cup. Um, I kind ended like I basically would draft the entire tournament and I would send it to Mr. Dixon uh, and he would basically say, can't do this, can't do this, can't do this because of politics or because uh, these guys were getting from New Japan, the, the, like this guy can't lose. So we have to do this, this and this. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then I would come back uh, and present. So I, I felt my like my my DNA in uh, in the World Cup, which is which was really nice. Um, other than that, though, like everything was a was a collaborative thing. Like um, we used to just have yeah booking booking meetings that would run for like an hour, two hours, and people would kind of like come forward and 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 pitch an idea, and then we would kind of piecemeal week by week um, push it through. I would say, please don't do that. That sounds terrible, uh, and, and some some things would happen. And to be fair, you know, I, I was I was wrong about about stuff as well. Um, but yeah, like, like um, I know some of the rumbles. I kind of me and me and Mr. Dixon sat down and uh, and and kind of booked together, which I was kind of happy with. Uh, in terms of like actual like this is my this is my angle. I'm I'm seeing it through all the way to the end. There's nothing that's um, that's just mine, unfortunately. And because we are a positive place that's uh, not full of negativity whatsoever, who's the, <laughs> who's the nicest person you worked with? Ooh, Jay Lethal was really nice, um, who you'll see on this show. Uh, uh, Big Damo, a.k.a. Killian Dane, was wonderful. Uh, we used to just sit uh, and have a beer together after the shows and we would just talk about board games because Big Damo is a huge board game fan. I did uh, not that yeah yeah he's a huge board game nerd uh so he would tell me about like board games that he's been playing and i would tell him and and every time i would tell him about a new board game he would like literally like write it in his phone um <laughs> and like after he got sent up to nxt you know i i used to, i occasionally dm him saying like oh well done mate and like also have you heard of this board game he's like yeah cool have you heard of this one uh so he's genuinely a, a wonderful soul uh martin kirby obviously was was super lovely cody rhodes was was really great cody rhodes was was like a proper like you could sort of tell that he had aspirations to be a locker room leader just mm. because of like the way he kind of took responsibility of certain situations uh and the way he kind of 
protected his brand and the fact that he came to us with the Kurt Angle stuff he's like well we've done one match in this promotion we want to do our final match over here we want to give you the the middle match um so you could already tell like he was kind of constantly working on loads of different things mm. uh so it doesn't you know it doesn't that it doesn't surprise me at all that he kind of became uh you know one of wrestling's fine entrepreneurs <laughs> so talk to me about the building that this took place in oh jesus all right so it was a um a warehouse on like like just down the road from the office really it was in newcastle uh the it, when we opened up on the first day there was pools of water everywhere so those had to be kind of like uh dr like air dried um we had this tiny little backstage cupboard thing which smelled awful and again had like deep pools of standing water in it and that was where we put you know ring of honor world champion jay lethal of course <laughs> and uh future uh cruiserweight classic uh noam dar um although noam dar was fine because we got a tv and a playstation uh, and just stuck mm. him back there so he just played fifa for <laughs> almost the entire time uh we had a tiny little green screen uh which we kind of had attached to the wall where we would shoot all of our promos in front of which would create a really weird sort of infinity tunnel effect because uh it was either kenny or, or someone else like doing the interviews and kenny would have a wcpw t-shirt with a wcpw logo on it and then behind him he would have a screen with the wcpw kind of animated logo on it so it's just like a really weird layering uh thing those were all terrible um poor old and... jen gets cut out in some of them i know <laughs> i know it's so bad it's like literally the frame is so tight because the green screen we were using was like about the same size as like a big imac it was like generally everyone had to kind of go shoulder to shoulder it was awful uh so we yeah we, we put some like genuinely like we were there like putting towels on the floor to try and get some of the water off and then all of these guys like you could you could not move for for wrestlers um which is you know a situation i i, I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy to be mm. crammed into a small room with um about 16 wrestlers <laughs> um yeah it was um as soon as we upgraded to the o2 academy it was like oh my god this is so much nicer like, like some we could actually you know when we had uh visiting guys like eric <laughs> bischoff we could give them their own room it was, it was so nice uh jay lethal again just like not ever complaining as well like i think like genuinely i think jay lethal had stuff he could have complained about about those first tapings and he didn't mm -hmm. um and he came out to the pub with us afterwards and he was like super humble and nice which you know yeah was he he was great um we super appreciative of that yeah it was a, a little bit of a little bit of an amateur hour unfortunately so in terms of this show uh was it a case that you booked from episode one of loaded through to the end of this pay-per-view so you knew yeah. exactly what you know all the, the pieces in place were going to be yeah so we basically were just like let's get to built to destroy uh let's crown the first champion we know we're going to do this. We know we're going to do the uh, the double turn. Uh, you know, one of the it's one of the great uh, examples of booking genius is when you can execute the perfect double turn. Obviously, you have Bret uh, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. You have uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Alberto Del Rio at Payback, uh, and then you have uh, a Big Damer versus Rampage. Of course, the uh, the the switch from uh, 
you know, Big Damo entering in a Pachiti club shirt and leaving in a BX one. It's uh, it's powerful imagery. Um, it, I mean, I, I know you're you're being quite mocking of it. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because it doesn't make sense. Luke. <laughs> it's like, like why would I? So, because yeah, because the way should we? Do you want to get into the booking now, or should we save that for later? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll save that when we get to the main event then. Um, but yeah, okay. We'll we'll talk about sort of the booking of each sort of storyline in each match as as we go through. But before we get into the show, uh, a I want to ask you about stunner parties. Yeah. Okay. As in always, every single show, every Even single this time. Show? Uh, no, not this show. As soon as we started doing it in the academy, we started doing the stunner parties because wrestlers really like hitting stone cold stunners. Uh, Rampage is one of the scariest men in the world but genuinely it's like he was like the you know the birthday girl on a sweet 16 whenever we do this fun party he would come out and he would have the biggest smile <laughs> on his face it was so so nice and i got to i got to hit uh, a couple of stunners and i even got hit with a few i think rampage gave me a stunner once which was a lot yeah of fun. I, I saw it in the list video there was a, it looked really really fun and it, it's funny you sort of about rampage like i remember being at the wrestlegate show and they were also doing stuff with wrestleverse so they, they had to do the sort of like promo picture for wrestleverse where rampage got to dress up as ahmed johnson and <laughs> i've never seen him so smiley in all my life when he's just like i get to be i get to dress up as ahmed yeah like that's the thing is like rampage is he's yeah genuinely uh, like a sweetheart i've not heard I've, I've not found anyone who has a bad word to say against rampage brown uh and just like one of the one of the things you kind of grow to realize about wrestlers is that they are you know obviously you've got a, a great number of professionals and and it's not unprofessional to be basically just really excitable about wrestling um but just like for example like uh, when whenever rampage like one time rampage came to the back after after doing a, a thing in the ring and he just uh turned to one of us i think it was jack and said do i look cool and jack <laughs> like well, yeah of course you look cool you're rampage brown uh, <laughs> like oh all all wrestlers are, no not all wrestlers some wrestlers are adorable um ge by generally generally speaking um i think our our locker room was was lovely uh certainly certainly in the actual kind of like the the process of making the show uh there was it, it was very rare that we had someone who was like uh obstructive to the actual process uh i think because we had a mixture of uh people coming in but also a lot of guys that we were kind of uh you know building from from the ground up almost in terms of like exposure like obviously we had prospect and gabriel kidd and prince amin which is not to say obviously these guys hadn't you know worked in loads of other places like north wrestling or 3cw and other places but like i think for a lot you know for our audience they didn't necessarily know who some of these guys were and like there was obviously a lot of humility about that um and yeah it made for a very cooperative locker room which was nice so the last thing to discuss is what was the number one film at the box office when this show aired june Adam, 2016 june 2016 what's your guess what was top of the box office uh so age of ultron was so 2012 was avengers age of ultron i'm gonna say was 2015 15 so i'm gonna say captain america civil war it is not Cap no it is uh it is part of a franchise though a uh a very very sort of long long running franchise is it bond it's not bond no 
Um, Science fiction. Star Wars? No. No, no. Star Wars always came out at Christmas. Long-running Star Wars fra- uh, sci-fi franchises. Oh, I'm going to kick myself. Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Star Trek 2? Into no, Darkness? No. Star Trek 3? Yes, Star Trek Beyond was number oh. one the box office. Uh, so, around... Oh, the... Oh, the... Was it? Oh, wow. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, me and Ollie went to go see that at the cinema together, actually. Oh. oh it was very cute. And I think it was the second time he'd seen it. Um, but we before we went to go do a Golden Mile uh, pub crawl that we used to do, which that's is... That's 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 12 pints, 12 pubs. Um, I was the first person to complete it, and I was violently sick on a train home. 12 pints? How long yeah. does that take? Um, it's got to take did... all day, right? Well, yes, but we did it over the span of 10 hours, I think. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we had a, we had, we had like a, a I want to say a lengthy uh, McDonald's stop at one point where I was just drunkenly wolfing down a Big Mac. <laughs> what is, when was the last time you did a Golden Mile, Luke? Last time I did a Golden Mile would have been, I think this might have been the last one I did was in 2016. Because we did, we watched The World's End, because that's where we got, we stole the idea from. The world's end. That was when I completed it, and it was on the same day of Comic Con when they announced Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, and I that we we did it in the world's end in Camden, and I remember very drunkenly shouting at my mates, "That will never happen." They told me that was <laughs> going to happen ten years ago, and it didn't. <laughs> I love I love the fact that there are so many reasons why men shout in the street when they're when they're pissed, and yours was decrying the very existence of Superman versus Batman. Never, never never gonna happen i also told my now wife that i loved her over the phone in a very drunken voicemail that i left her before before, the, before, before i fell the asleep first on a time bin. you told it, her it was yes before really? i fell asleep on a bin wow wait so hang on so first time so in in the luke owen timeline it went mm-hmm. first time telling your wife you love her to married within a year uh well we got married in 2017 but this was 2016, right? Yes, but I, I did it in 2015 was when I did the, the, the first Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. This, gotcha, was, this gotcha. was Golden Mile round two. I see, I see. Um, so obviously when uh, when lockdown is lifted and pubs are safe again, we're going to do a Golden Mile to celebrate, right? I think it's probably worth Although, like, the problem is, and I, I can say this because he's not here and he won't listen to it, Ollie... Ollie ruins the Golden Mile a little bit because he he has to add in rules. And it's like, like, really, there's one rule to this. You go to the pub, you have a pint, then you go to the next pub. Like, that's... Well, what Ollie's trying to do is pub golf there. Yes. Like, pub uh, golf is the one with rules, and you have to have this drink in this place, and you have to do it by this amount of time or this number of sips. Like, that's pub exactly. golf, you think. Yeah, and you can only drink from, like, your left hand, or, you know, you have to say a name in a different way. And it's, and it's just, like, I just want to have a drink. I just, I don't like drinking games because I just like to have a drink and I like to chat with my mates. <laughs> you are a dad. Also, you're a, you're a huge board game nerd. Like, you surely you love little finicky rules uh, yeah, that no. help control the fun. <laughs> <laughs> Controlling the fun. I, I don't see it the same way as board games, though. Like, that's... Yeah, I, I would never sort of conflate the two together. I mean, maybe I'm not a competitive person. I don't know. Are you telling me that you put the sanctity of the pub over the sanctity of board gaming? Oh no, I just see I just see the pub as a different place. Like I want to go and shout I want to go and shout at my mates that Batman v Superman's not going to happen. I don't want 
do it while trying to remember to drink from a certain hand or only <laughs> refer to him by his middle name or something. God, yeah, we used to do formals at uni and it was really annoying just because, yeah, basically you would sit on a table with a bunch of people, you know, there would be loads of bottles of wine around the table. You know, as I, I went to Durham, I was a little, I was a little posho. Um, uh, but we had like rules that, you know, they, they had rules that you had to do. Like, obviously, if someone dropped a two penny piece into your drink, you had to finish it. That, that's uh, one of Ollie's ones. I hated that one. I remember he, his mate did it to me once. So I just looked at him, just took one tiny sip and put my drink down. Luke, Luke, you contrary bastard. Uh, but we used to do um, ones where it's like, like um, you go up to a table. Uh, of people and you ask like uh, do you know the the rules of the game or something like that and they have to respond to like it would be rude not to and then basically you had like a full kind of like spy versus spy like uh, little script you had to read out and then at the end of the day if like if both of you held up your end of the bargain you flipped a coin and whichever uh, side came up either your entire table had to down their glass or their entire table had to down their glass but if they made any mistakes during the kind of the script bit of the conversation their entire table had to down their glass um so you're just not a fan just not, not a fan mate no I, and fan. I like no i like i like to enjoy my drink not be forced into drinking it or like having fake drinks made up for me that i then have to drink <laughs> it's just a bit of fun isn't it mate it's like it wrestling is, it doesn't it make just, sense no, but it's right, and it's right. and it's often over complicated <laughs> but people we'll, like it but we'll get to the main event um, hey. <laughs> um so number one song in the u.s and the united kingdom i mean i i wouldn't have been able to get these whatsoever 2016 uh happy oh uh, uh, i think so. i've never heard the song but i'm going to say yes for the US one, certainly not for the UK one. I'm going to say that's a sad song. Is that the name of the song? That's a sad song. No, Wait, I what? think <laughs> the song in the UK, I would say, is very much. I'm going to hazard a guess that it's a very sad song. No, because... no, my, my, my official guess for the song is Happy by Pharrell Williams. Oh, no, it's not. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you meant like, is it a happy song? <laughs> gives a clue um <laughs> it's not happy was that 2015 happy i think maybe. no i don't think so so i think i was when did minions come out because it was four minions oh god i keep forgetting it's for bloody minions baron corbin's leg tattoo oh god <laughs> remember when someone emailed in to try and defend it being like no it's a good tattoo for these reasons like, nope still <laughs> still a bad tattoo mate uh 2013 that song came out happy came out in 2013 yeah oh my god oh jesus time passes so happy wait happy and blurred lines came out the same year goodness me Did i think well i think so i remember because when I, I i traveled across america in 2013 and i was pretty sure that i was pretty sure the blurred lines was the song of the summer uh, yeah. in, in 2013 i'm not sure i got my date complete wrong when did the, oh, the world's end came out in 2013 so that was the first time I did the Golden Mile. It was in 2013, mm. which is when I told my my now wife that I love her. Oh, well, that makes you know that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that timeline's a lot less dramatic. <laughs> We'd known each other for ten years previously. But... Were you but, always yeah. together for that ten years, or were you no, friends and then just friends? Yeah, we were friends there, and then uh, then we became more than friends, and now I'm married to her. Ah. What yeah. was the thing? What was the what was the more than friends moment? Was it drunk at a party? 
No, it was. Um, so I, I kind of sort of half told this story when we did our um, support each other campaign, but it was when my, my uncle passed away um, at a very young age. He passed away at the age of 49, died of, uh, of cancer. And uh, I just suddenly had this realization that I was in a relationship that I wasn't happy in. Um, mm. and, and I wanted to be with someone that did make me happy. And and she makes me happy. So uh, and I was thinking, and she makes me happy more than anyone else in this entire world, uh, Ollie and yourself included. So, um... <laughs> so I thank you for giving me and Ollie a podium finish there, at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, that's why I'm, that's, that's why I'm married to her now. And she's I make ah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, she's the best one. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the song at the top of the US uh, charts, I'll just tell you now, it's "One Dance" by Drake, featuring Wizkid and Kyla. Oh, okay. I've n- I I wouldn't be able. I have no idea. No. And the song in the UK was "Send My Love to Your New Love" by Adele. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Of either of them. Sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, okay. So to get into the show itself, um, we okay. So for part of this, for various for obvious reasons, we're not going to cover two of the matches that are on this card. Is this what mm. a five match card? Or... It's a five match card. Yeah. Yeah. Five match card. We're not going to cover two of those matches for obvious reasons. Uh, so what we're going to do as a bonus after we've done sort of like this show and all the, the segments and stuff is we will review bonus matches from WCPW's history that you picked out uh, as, as to a couple of your favorite moments. So we're going to do those as sort of bonus things after we've reviewed the show itself. But so if it feels like we're a bit sort of choppy and sort of skipping over bits, that is why. Kintosh in the ring, getting ready to kick things off. Thank you very much for that. I was expecting the other chat to happen there. Whoa! Yeah! Be careful what you wish for. Fuck you, Kenny! Fuck you, Kenny! Fuck you, Kenny! We're definitely not PG! That's for sure. See, I have got a sense of humor. I do let you do it. Welcome to All Culture Pro Wrestling! Yeah, I don't know how much you read on the website when you bought your tickets, but I feel like it's my duty to tell you what you're not going to see tonight. You're not going to see some sort of rubbish summer spectacular like Slammiversary with Brother Neil or anything like that. We don't have any wrestlers dressed in Cruella de Bell backstage. It's certainly not going to be SummerSlam with Roman Reigns. This, this is WCB. We're PG, I can't do that. WCBW! I think the PG ship has already sailed, hasn't it? I'm, I'm confused. Thank you to all of you for coming out and packing this place. But without further ado, I would like to introduce to you, he's certainly my favourite Adam, and I hope he's yours, not yours, yours. Ladies and gentlemen, the general manager of WCPW. You love it. Adam Pichite! Um, but yeah, the show opens with Kenny. <laughs> And, oh, he hated doing WCPW. So <laughs> really? Yeah. Like me and him were just out there being just like, oh, man. Um, just like, because he, I think Kenny, Kenny has always had a sort of, like he's, he, he's, a, he's a huge professional who wants to do one thing with his job, mm. which is that he wants to sit down and have revelatory interviews with wrestlers which he's uh, very good at 
which he's industry best at. Uh, he does not want to be a personality uh, on a YouTube channel, and he doesn't want to get involved in all of our silly storylines. Uh, so he was always very like, you know, he did it because he's a team player. Um, but like he would roll his eyes with a severity that made me think he was going to dislocate them. Uh, whatever he and like get putting Kenny out there as well because we were doing the whole F Kenny thing as well. Um, like so obviously the sh the crowd would would chant you know F Kenny. Uh, he he wasn't wasn't the hugest fan of that, uh, <laughs> believe it or not. But in fairness, like he does set them up to do it uh, in this. Like they came out to just be like, hey Kenny's here, and then he gets them to do the other chant. Yeah, that's the thing is like he well he he knows what kind of. <laughs> He he's gonna he's gonna try and create the best like visual thing possible, but yeah, no, he, he hated doing it. Was it his idea or someone else's idea to come out and bury TNA, Brother Nero, and Roman Reigns? <laughs> um, I don't think that was Kenny's idea, shall, <laughs> shall we say? I, I actually didn't because I didn't. I, I I basically started with the with the second match, so I actually not entirely sure what Kenny says. He comes out and saying, like, you know, this is on this show, you're not going to see Brother Nero. You're not going to see, um, we he buries, um, what was it, Wally the Wasp? What was it, Willow? Um, oh, his, right, yeah, yeah. So you're not going to see anything as silly as that or anything as bad as Roman Reigns. Um, this is on the same card, of course, that uh, I believe there was a loser wears a dress match, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would just like to say that was not my idea. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Adam Machiti. And I am your general manager of World Culture Pro Wrestling. We have some incredible matches booked for you tonight. We have the Primate squaring off against Joe Coffey in a no-hold-barred match. That one is going to be brutal. We have Noam Dar squaring off against Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World Title. My early pick for match of the night, and it's not even started, Dave. And we will crown the first ever WCPW World Champion. When Sewer Rat Adam Blompier's Rampage Brown takes on darling Jack the Jobbers, Big Damo. Will Blompier get his comeuppance right here at Built to Destroy? We know whose side the crowd is on. We are WCPW, and there is only one more thing to say. To build to destroy you love it. Uh, 
so he brings out the uh, the general manager Adam Pacitti with the as you say very small belt. Uh, he runs down the card, including crowning the first champion. Um, you love it. Uh, okay, so whose decision was it to make Pacitti the GM? So that was the the kind of the big bosses um, uh, idea. They so Pacitti kind of came back from leave around about this time, and they were like, well. Uh, how about we frame it like this? Uh, because I was I was very reticent about the whole thing. I didn't really want to kind of be be madly involved with it. Um, but they basically said to Brachiti, let's have you as the general manager. Because uh, I was heel at the time. Uh, we wanted this, you know, we wanted obviously the announcement of the uh, of the promotion to be a good thing uh, with a beloved character and basically Pachiti came back around about extreme rules and uh, obviously everyone was super happy to see him because they weren't sure uh, when when or if he was coming back uh, so basically they just decided to like in a lot of wrestling um, you know when when someone's hot you kind of strap you know put the focus on them and so they decided to sort of strap WCPW to Pachiti's back uh and sort of create a bit of kayfabe that he was off uh making the promotion um which, is, which seems daft uh looking back but uh yeah so he and he was he was great like i like Petiti's stuff uh like his arc throughout wcpw because they're basically like a they're basically several different phases of wcpw which is um th this first phase leading up to built to destroy where we're just kind of finding our feet and then we had sort of the golden run uh which lasted until um sort of we all left the company really and at, during that run you had sort of Pachiti turning heel and being the main thing and then i came back as the gm and then basically that lasted until pretty much the end of the world cup and then after that, obviously, um, they decided to rebrand as Defiant. Um, and we we left at around about, you know, within months happening, I think this all happened. And then obviously you had the Defiant uh, portion. And there was a lot of really good uh, stuff uh, in, in the Defiant, but I didn't really watch too much of it because I was not in wrestling at that point. Yeah, and it got killed by NXT UK. And I'm it sure did. I got, I'm behind a paywall, so I can say that. Um... <laughs> People get no, upset if you say it out in, in real life. But yeah, no, it did kill them. Of course. Like I was there. We I remember which show it was. I think it was Delete WCPW, where um part of one of Dixon's jobs in that show was to go around and talk to all the people who had been offered WWE contracts. Um, and basically just work out. Uh, so like we, you know, Joseph Connors dropped the belt. Uh, and we decided Joseph Connors was dropping the belt within 24 hours because we were just like talking to him like, oh, you've been offered a contract. That's amazing. Um, but you have to drop the belt now to Drew Galloway. That, <laughs> that has to happen now. Um, and then Drew Galloway had to drop the belt very quickly because he got called up to NXT. Yeah, um, yeah we, that's, that's the thing with about WCPW. So we were kind of floating in the current uh, and we were kind of being buoyed around by kind of uh, rapids and, and waves that were not really part of our control. Like we didn't know who we necessarily have at a time because sometimes Will Ospreay was in Japan. Uh, sometimes our wrestler would be called up to uh, to NXT. Sometimes uh, an entire generation of British wrestlers would be offered exclusive contracts. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there was a whole a whole bunch of of stuff so that's kind of necessitated like hard reboots and resets in wcpw which because we were kind of demonstrate we were trying to be wwe basically rather than a, a regular indie we were trying to have like that kind of feel mm. uh but we always felt very schizophrenic 
because we were you know we we were succumbed to the whims of you know of indie wrestling rather than you know we didn't have anyone on retainer we couldn't yeah. afford it so yeah it was that sucked <laughs> hey man so built to destroy huh your baby your dream child it's all it's all about to happen now i know that you and i have had our differences and i just want you to know that after tonight your company will be like your belt in tatters. Now that's right, because once Rampage is through with Big Demo, he's gonna come after you, he's gonna come after Jack, and soon it's gonna be nothing but me. No comment? No, nothing to say? That's all right, mate. No confrontation now, I'm just, I'll see you at the ring. So uh, our first backstage segment in front of a green screen features Adam Blompier uh, with a microphone walking up to Adam Pacitti. Uh, he tells him the company will be in tatters like Adam's title uh, and Rampage is going to come after everyone. Uh, Pacitti has no comment from this. Blompier's t-shirt is getting keyed out and then he slaps Pacitti and leaves. <laughs> so my notes verbatim. So um, the, the wrestlers just like they they were constantly baffled by the by the youtube stuff i mean some people really got it obviously um but i just remember like rampage just being completely bewildered that uh the most heat he ever got in wcpw was for ri ripping up a bit of cardboard <laughs> like he came, when he came out and ripped up the the what culture pro wrestling cardboard belt uh, like genuinely the heat was palpable <laughs> like there was genuine hate in the room and that's the thing is like these guys yeah some of the wrestlers would be just like oh, i trained for ages for this and then <laughs> me and Pachiti are coming out um with our with our stupid little faces uh, yeah. and our and our kind of our big boy acting in behind the scenes promos you've got an, an acting background so, so, I, like, do, did, I do. Did, yeah. did Pachiti uh, and Jack and everyone else? Did they have acting backgrounds? No, mm. no. Uh, well, that's the thing. Is like I, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, like I I really cringe looking at my stuff back. I I'm not a fan of my work. Pachiti, when he goes heel, is a much better heel in WCPW than I was. I think um, he, but like at this point, we were sort of all feeling a bit awkward and nervous around this thing because because that's the thing like we could always be detached and removed when we're commenting on wrestling because we, mm. that's what our job is like we can always just like roll our eyes at stupid stuff uh be just like well this promo didn't work i can see what they were going for but it didn't really work and then we had to go out there and and sort of do our own like yeah with a comedic sort of perspective but yeah. like we had to actually go out there and try and further a wrestling storyline so suddenly we're all like feeling incredibly awkward and like self-conscious because we had because yeah like we go out there and people are going to make fun of us for our terrible promos like we were making fun of people for their terror which is why we didn't want to do it because I, <laughs> I don't want people to make fun of me because i've spent my time making fun of other people like the big the big thing you know one of the reasons that what culture became the thing it was was the top 10 list series 10 things wwe want you to forget about where i got given a list of things so basically like all the most embarrassing points of a wrestler's career and i was just like i don't want 
this to be you know uh, i i don't want to be i don't want to be in the in the firing line so is that why you had ross do like the wtf reviews of it yeah you go out and you do it first then no one else can make fun of you that's the thing yeah. like, and, and ross <laughs> some, sometimes people just like ross can you ease up a little bit actually it's quite <laughs> harsh but <laughs> Uh, he, would, he would he would go in like teeth first because you know like um wcpw like the first few episodes used to have like ross on commentary which he hated doing uh he had cite him and simon miller i think in this kind of weird backstage place that kind of looks like the kind of the wrestle talk backstage place mm-hmm. with like a screen and like loads of kind of paraphernalia and stuff um and like none of that kind of worked uh and eventually like after Built to Destroy, we basically just, okay, well, let's get some professional commentators and shoot it like it's a proper thing and not cut back to King Ross every few seconds, you know, pulling a funny face or like ironing a bit of cloth, I think was in one of the episodes. Oh, man, man, those, those first six episodes of Loaded were rough. I've only met Ross once. Um, but it was very, it was a lovely chap when, when, when I, I did get to meet him. It was at MediaCon a couple of years ago. And the thing that always makes me laugh about is we were talking, it was when we had the, the Russell versus Cultaholic uh, war that led to the, the dance off at, at MediaCon. And I remember talking to Ross about it. And I was like, he said, are you looking forward to it? I was like, ah, you know, it's, it's fine. We've kind of rehearsed something and it's going to be all right. And he's like, if we'd have lost, I'd have quit. I just, I just wouldn't have done it. <laughs> It's like it probably worked out for the best that you guys did. You guys did lose. <laughs> yeah, the storyline stuff. Oh man, and that's the thing is like there is there's certain little things like even like when Ross was doing the WTF moments, there's certain little things he's like ah that crossed the line. Never mind. Uh, and like we would do things that would like genuinely annoy each other. Um, I'm not going to say some of the things I did, which generally annoyed Ross, uh, but like there would just be occasional moments where people would just be like, oh, mm, not, not a fan. Like I was genuinely, like I, we made a virtue of it, but I was genuinely furious when I became plumpy. <laughs> I was so angry. What it was wasn't that? supposed to happen. Um, well, Luke, you know, because obviously uh, at, at this point, you know, what culture I... was uh, the dominant force in, in wrestling YouTube and, <laughs> and plumpy mania was running wild. Um, you know this, Luke. Don't I, and I won't hear. The, I won't hear you pretending that you didn't. I I'm not, I'm, don't I'm aware of me, I'm Luke. Aware of the name, but I don't know where it came from. Me, the Godfather of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you saying, I, I, I've heard of the Beatles, but I don't think I could tell you any of their songs. Bullshit! Stop <laughs> lying. Um. I can swear on this, yes? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Cool, 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 cool. I mean, libel and slander is fine, so I'm assuming swearing's all right. Um, But Plumpy came about because it was supposed to be Pachiti. Pachiti was supposed to be Plumpy. Um, And because that was, I I lost the first WrestleMania, and then then Pachiti turned heel at um, Refuse to Lose, and then he turned heel across the channel as well. And then his big thing was that he was going to lose at Mania, and, and I would get my mania win but i guess i guess i the predictions were just too bad and unfortunately part due due in no small fact to the mojo rawley winning the uh battle royal who no one saw coming no apart from pachiti evidently because he was doing a kayfabe i really like mojo rawley thing um 
yeah, I became plumpy and I had already had like a few beers like at the show. I was so angry. Like I genuinely had to be talked down. I was just like, I don't know what to do now. This is not supposed to happen. This is awful. I want my win. Uh, and then eventually it became a, a huge thing and I, I, I benefited from it. Uh, and then we finally, I think, lost it around SummerSlam. Right. I think. But yeah, no, I was I was plumpy for a while, and oh boy, it coincided with me being WCPW general manager as well. And I I kept telling the bosses they were just like, but you don't have to be plumpy on on WCPW, do you? Like, yes, I do. Change my name slate to read plumpy. (laughs) And they were just like, God damn it, you said you you said you'd win, and I was like, I thought I'd win. Um, I mean, you can't play God with predictions, though, can you? Uh, no, no, you can't. Which is like why genuinely like watching a, a pay-per-view was so horribly stressful because so much rested on it. Not just a horrible punishment, but we were actually trying to book these storylines. And like people were just like winning the belt when they weren't supposed to. It was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> we are backstage at Built to Destroy. Joining me just now is Gabriel Kidd. Gabriel, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. I know it's just before your match against... What could have been known as your former mentor, Prince Amin? Now tell me, tonight, obviously you've got a lot of payback for him. Are you feeling ready? I'm feeling more than ready. You see, Prince Amin, ever since you first approached me, the thing you said, the thing you said is that you are going to teach me. You're going to teach me the ways. You're going to teach me how to wrestle. You're going to teach me the right way to win. And ever since you approached me, none of that has happened. None of that has happened. You cannot follow through with your promise. So tonight, it's me against you. Whoever loses becomes the other servants. And I tell you what, you talk about me carrying all your bags. Well, looking at the size of your arms, I think you need to carry a few bags yourself. So at the end of the night, I'll be walking out on top and you will be my servant. Uh, and finally, before we get into an actual match, we've got an interview with Gabriel Kidd with the uh, the wonderful Jen Louise, a very, very lovely person, Jen Louise. Uh, so Prince Amin was his former mentor. Kidd says that uh, he didn't keep his promise and then makes uh, fun of the size of his arms, which leads us into Kidd versus Amin. So do you want to talk us through the the, the, the booking of, of this story and into this match? Oh, Prince Amin's so lovely. I, I really like he he's like one of the one of the great nice nice guys behind the scenes at um at wcpw because he yeah, was just all go on i was gonna say watching that list video like the the one of the things on there is that prince amin was not supposed to be a big as star as he became no no he was like he was supposed to be a heel that's the thing it's like um so this came from the mind of, of dixon who did something very similar with prince amin uh in in 3cw i think and it's like prince amin kind of like was a big shot he you know he'd always had this gimmick of being like this kind of rich like kind of um um, figure and he he came out like this indian prince and like he like bet all of his winnings in a in a wrestling match and then became a pauper and stuff like that but he was supposed to be like a like dyed in the wool heel for Mm. sure um but the end of the partnership like he was too funny uh the the like the the segments we shot of him and and gabriel kid um and gabriel kid's kind of losing streak uh which i think generally like one of the that was one of my favorite bits of booking that we did like long-term booking just like making a thing out of gabriel kid's losing streak um 
and watching him and Mo go get closer and closer as friends. And then eventually like the big face turn for, uh, for Prince Amin, uh, who is Mo, by the way. Um, and then eventually Kid winning uh, the internet title. Like that I think is generally like one of the, that is the kind of stuff I try and um, preach when I do my my booking, and that was one of those those things that just worked from beginning to end. We 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 were patient, we took our time, and it resulted in this huge moment. We're really mm. really happy with it. Um, but yeah, like he was supposed to be a, he's supposed to be a heel, uh, and like we were just thought, oh, well, this is not this this might die a death, but um, he just worked. He's so good at working the crowd. Uh, you know, the watch aren't being turned into what culture what culture what culture um, genius clever he's a clever boy um yeah. he wasn't clever when he accidentally broke uh kashida's uh, iwgp junior heavyweight <laughs> title belt <laughs> that happened in manchester oh, uh, no. a show we had kashida and um mo was uh carrying like um the titles around like he basically just saw saw it sitting on top of kashida's bag grabbed it uh put it on his shoulder dropped it and one of the nameplates came off so he was like he's gonna kill me isn't he bro isn't he bro and i was like yes yeah yeah prince of me he might kill me. <laughs> you may like back to the future and look very friendly but you just broke his title he's gonna put you in a key lock my brother <laughs> yeah. um but yeah this like this match was this match was very daft like this like there was a lot of stuff in wcpw that felt kind of like butlins wrestling which kind of mm. makes sense because a lot of like uh, we use a lot of the crews from like ngw and like those crews worked a lot of butlin shows and like so a lot of it is kind of like earnest brit british pantomime wrestling and like becoming my servant is very much like that but it's like a little bit it, it but it is a little bit of story and people uh kind of really kind of hook on to that stuff it's like that's the thing is you have there's a, there was a bit of a divide in wcpw you had the guys who you had the guys who were famous the xwwe guys you had the guys who were lightning workhorses like osprey um uh, you know martin kirby you know these guys who could go out there and you could really put on a show uh drew galloway especially um and then you had the guys who were still coming up so those are the guys you kind of really focused on the storylines with and also those are the guys you could rely on to be there every week mm. but there was like a real divide in like the stories that these guys got and this was yeah, the first the first step of of one of the greatest storylines <laughs> we did in wcpw yeah, it's it's a decent little match. Uh, it, you know, it, it's a lot of a mean working over kid who then makes a comeback. He's got some lovely European uppercuts uh, and angle slams. But the the finish sees Amin go trying to escape under the rope, and he grabs the travel bag. And then the referee takes the travel bag off of him, and then Amin low blows Gabriel Kid behind his back to get the win. And then afterwards says that what you're missing is ruthless aggression, and you're now my servant. My first request of you is to bow down before me, which Kid sadly does, and the crowd boos. And then he makes Kid carry his bags to the back. Yeah, um, it was also uh, it was one of those matches where you are kind of confronted with the uh, the tone of your audience occasionally. <laughs> There were some uh, there were some difficult chants in this yeah. match. We're not going to repeat them, obviously, Ooh. but it was one of those moments where we just sat backstage, being just like, "Hmm, why are we doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be that. Like, don't do that. Um, so, as I said, I, unfortunately, um, there is no Meltzer reports or Alvarez report of this show, but I did find a review 
on Back Body Drop Wrestling. Oh no, they com. hate us. That guy hates us so much. Yeah, I was when reading the report, I was like, oh, he does not like uh he does not like these lads uh, or no. the fact that they are doing a promotion or anything. Like he really does not like a lot of this. Uh, but he said it's a decent match, but what a convoluted finish. Two and three quarter stars. <laughs> The self-importance, love. It. Uh, well, that's the thing. Is like, yes, like some people are just so anti WCPW. Um, I understand why we are snarky internet guys, and that rubs people up a, a, the wrong way. I, I contest that. You know, you know, Wrestle Talk's a little snarky, not a snarky mm. culture, but you know, uh, you know, we don't. You know, our, our aim is just to entertain. We're not going out there trying to cause you know pain or harm to to anyone. Like we just, we just trying to put on a little entertaining product but just the amount of venom that especially people would just throw at wcpw it's just like it just didn't feel worthy of anyone's time to hate something that much um but yeah like it, it, it's it's fine like I, I i understand people disliking what culture i understand because you know it's it, it's very much more it feels a lot more corporate um than wrestle talk i think like i really i really like working for wrestle talk i really believe in a lot of the shows that we do and i couldn't say that about a lot of the shows that we did at, at what culture because a lot of them were just naked profiteering mm. uh, it, was, it seemed like every every day there was a new bit of merch out uh, you know we were doing a new thing to just try and squeeze every last penny and like it, it, it leaves a sour taste in the mouth after a while but uh, and i understand like a lot of that hate uh, you know, ads on every page and like one entry per page and, you know, you know, really intrusive adverts and like broken websites, like all of this stuff translated into a lot of heat for WCPW. Um, but, you know, like we had a laugh. I, I was, well, was going to say, like, th that was my big takeaway from this show is that it did look like it was a lot of fun. And like it was a lot of fun to work on and and things like that. And actually, I I I mean, yeah, I I enjoyed watching this show. And I'm not just saying that because you know because you're doing this with me. I genuinely did have a lot of fun watching this show. And actually, there was a little bit of professional jealousy that that you know that you got to do all this really fun stuff. But that's the thing is like I don't ever want to seem like I got a massive chip on my shoulder or seem ungrateful. Like I I wasn't I wasn't happy with some of the stuff that happened. But like at the end of the day, I got to yeah cut a promo on eric bischoff uh you know i got to do all this i got to be you know i got to i got to have a return i got to have an in-ring return to um you know i think i became one of the only people in the world who got cheered with a classical entrance music um i i i came back and became gm and it was a genuinely humbling experience because i think i think what wcpw had which defiant didn't was like and, and yeah, a lot of people are going to get their nose power joint because who are these pasty dudes, uh, you know, who who just make their living by snarking on wrestling? They didn't train. They don't have any kind of in-ring accomplishment. But we came out and we were known to a certain audience so much so that like WCPW's fans, like when you were, they were really passionate about it because they they liked our channel and this was a weird new thing of a youtube channel with youtube personalities coming out and anchoring uh, a wrestling thing and like our fans like you know the people who hated it really hated it but the people who loved it really loved it and that was the thing about like all of the crowds is like Br british wrestling crowds are generally a lot more kind of like vocal and hot-blooded um than especially like mainstream raw crowds but these guys were just like there was so much to play with because like it was you know jack was in the ring or i was there or pachiti and there was just so much kind of like 
people just like trying to create these moments surrounding like our characters as well as the wrestlers like it was really weird um and but genuinely like when it worked like it left you with a high that very little else can sort of replicate and we're back i'm kenny here at what culture pro wrestling and ahead of tonight's main event i have our two participants the ring of honor world heavyweight champion jay lethal and Noam Dar. Gentlemen, tonight, this is the match that the WCPW fans are talking about. And Noam, a lot of fans are saying that you are going to be the man to dethrone Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World Championship. What would that mean to you to capture the prestigious belt? Of course it would mean a lot. It's, it's a prestigious belt, as you said. But to actually win the Ring of Honor title here in the UK would be pretty special. And then that would probably put me in good stead to become the, the first WCPW champion. Double champion. Um, Jay, this is a big, big contest for you tonight. How are you feeling going into it? How confident are you? First of all, Kenny, let's get the pleasantries out of the way. Norm, you and I are friends. I've known you for quite some time. Hello. It's good to see you again. Nice to see you too, Jay. Tonight is going to be a little different. You see, what culture for wrestling is trying to do something special here? This is a cool moment between competitors right now. They want it on camera to see the tension between us. And they're about to see it, which is why I'm not looking at that camera. I don't care about that camera. I'm looking at you because the Ring of Honor World Championship is on the line and I don't play games. I don't play games when this is on the line because this right here, the Ring of Honor World Championship is my life. It is my life. And I'll be damned if I let you take it. You're a great wrestler. You're a great man. But tonight, tonight the world will see a great match. Tonight the world will see a great show because Walt Culture Pro Wrestling is delivering. But they're also going to see Jay Lethal leave, still the Ring of Honor World Champion. And Jay, with that in mind, how do you feel about the... Kenny, get out of here for a second. I'm not done talking. Like I said, when the Ring of Honor World Championship is on the line, I do not lose you want this, you're going to have to fight, scratch. You may have to kill me, because I will not let it go. You hear me? I'm not going to let this go. I won't. Jay, you said you come over here to fight for your American championship. You want to defend your American company. You see, for me, it's always been one thing. Representing the UK, representing the British talent that is the best on this planet. And that's why you're in my face, shouting and bawling, getting all tense. Because I know deep down, you're a little bit scared. That this guy is going to take that belt from you and nobody will be talking about ROH in America, they'll be saying ROH now belongs to the UK, which belongs to me. Tell you what, over my dead body, in a few minutes we're going to find out. In a few minutes we'll find out. In a few minutes! See, look at that scared look in your eyes, catch you. 
The tension is high here at WCPW. Tonight, the main event for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. Jay Lethal from the USA against Noam Dar from the UK. Back to ringside. Okay, Adam, time to name and shame. Who was that testing the microphone during the promo between Noam Dar and Jay Lethal? <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, those promos. I hated them so much. Um... It's very difficult to say. Like, I don't know why we felt like we needed to have a green screen. I think it's because literally everything we were doing at What Culture at the time was like, everything's on green screen. You know, like uh, we had the studio and the one the walls painted green. Like everything's on green screen. Um, but we, ha we we were in a warehouse. We had like walls with exposed brick. It looked a little dingy. It looks a little kind of 90s edgelord. Like, I don't know why we didn't just shoot it up against that because it would have given us so much more room to breathe. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I do not stand by the quality of those backstage promos, <laughs> especially <laughs> the Noam Darje Lethal one, which is so awkward. Well, here's the thing. It's like, I think that like Lethal does some good promo work here. And I don't, and Noam does pretty good as well. And, and Kenny is, you know, he's Kenny in his role. But the whole thing is just slightly marred because Jay Lethal's cut this really intense promo at Noam Dar. But over the top of it, you can hear testing, testing, one, <laughs> two, yep, yep, one, two, test, testing. <laughs> How Adam would have booked. Uh... <laughs> um yeah is this the is this the promo because i again i kind of just watched it as it was kind of cut up on youtube so i haven't i haven't seen this one but is this the one where um noam and jack have a sort of little i love you moment like no. i like your oh okay that's a no, different jack, episode that's a different where... episode in this yeah basically in this promo noam Dar says that he he would like to be uh roh champion and the first wcpw champion which is impossible because you were crowning the first WCPW champion on this show and he was not in that match. Look, Noam <laughs> was, he was, I think he was mostly there because he knew that we had a PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> um, this was, yeah, he, he's great. Like, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. I think these, like, um, Jay Lethal, just like you could sort of tell, like, he, he's done so many of these kind of like hi jay we don't have a story for you but if you could talk compellingly that would be great and he's just like yeah all right um and noam was a little bit more kind of like what's what's the story here and we're just like well um we just thought we'd put you in a promo with jack and like he could say how much he likes your hair and you could say how much you like his hair and he's like all right okay and we're just like yeah we just thought that would be funny we're sorry. It's <laughs> um, been quite because he'd just come off doing the Cruiserweight Classic as well. Yeah, yeah. He and it was only a few episodes later, I think, like loaded number five or loaded number six, uh, where he has his like official goodbye match. Um, so yeah, we knew that his obviously his his days were were numbered, but we just thought, well, like he's uh, exceptional. We're sort of like it's it's the kind of the the last big peak of the wave before he, he disappears into the wwe machine hmm. um it's i i think like watching it back i think like the the lethal dar match is my it's my favorite match of the night um, oh yeah mostly because it doesn't have me uh hanging around uh on the ring apron looking like uh, a gormless teen who's trying to drink in the park 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I really enjoyed this. Uh, so it's it's Jay Lethal versus Noam Dar for the ROH Championship. Um, I, I mean, another uh, production question I did have for you. Um, no. that, that sound effect on the action replay. <laughs> or something that's, like that. That's exactly what I have in my notes. I've got, that's quite the sound on the action replay. It goes, dun dun. It's like the start of a Netflix show. <laughs> dun dun. Um, so, you know, like, obviously, yeah, taste is subjective. <laughs> One man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, it did. It was one of the, another one of those things that made me just clench slightly uh, mm. watching it. I think it's like <laughs> one of the things that I found um, almost charming about WCPW in the early days uh, was that a lot of the branding sort of done by Dixon and the bosses. And you see it with a lot of kind of indie feds, uh, their desire to name their shows in a sort of aggressive fashion. Mm. Uh, you know, like WWE obviously have like No Mercy, Vengeance, it's stuff that has kind of become cool because it's been around for years. Like no way out and all that jazz. So it's just, there would be occasional like kind of booking meetings where people would just think, like it was weird like everything else was kind of up for grabs but it seemed like like we were just given names uh that we they were, we were never really kind of asked what do you think of this name it's be like okay so the next one is going to be no regrets or refuse to lose or big muscles or <laughs> gritted teeth or or i won't tidy my room you know all these all these things and built to destroy i think a lot of it a lot of those kind of uh, edgy uh, titles came from just like royalty free music that we could find. Uh, I, cause I know that built to destroy, I think had lyrics, which were built to destroy, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And like fight back, fight back, fighting back against YouTube, the oppressors, Luke. <laughs> we, we back against the machine. Wrestle talk have had a copyright strike. They know what it's like. We won't do what you tell us. <laughs> Uh, but these two do some absolutely amazing stuff. I really love the sequence of uh, the kicks that they had, where they were just sort of like bouncing off the ropes into a super kick, ending with that wicked clothesline. Great chant from the uh, the crowd as well. The uh, one I've not heard in years either. The Are you watching Vince McMahon show? Oh God, we used to get that every show, and yeah. he's like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> or maybe he. He may he may get it like summarized like in a paragraph of what other feds are doing, um, but I, I don't believe for a second that Vince McMahon loaded up uh, "Built to Destroy" Part Five, <laughs> Big Davo versus Rampage. This Bombier kid's got something. <laughs> Swerve. Oh, <laughs> I marked out. Uh, yeah, I um, no. So they they, they kept chanting out, and it's it, again like. Uh, we as we we discovered in what culture and like you know a wrestle talk have, have done it as well as like like wrestling fans especially love a narrative even in their youtube journalism they want they, they always want they want to be worked and they always want mm. there to be a story and you know it's very like people are generally tribalistic and we just found that a lot with our shows is people would just be like yeah you're showing wwe how it how it should be done it's like yeah, are we? Are we now? Uh, yes, WWE. If you book like us, you too can pack out the O2 in, 
in Newcastle. You could get a whole 350 people through the door. Um, no, which is not to say that we're not incredibly happy and proud of, of I say, you know, our fans. Pretty good numbers. No, no, we're happy. It's just like, you know, are you watch events, are you watching a real promotion? Alberto El Patron for five quid. Are you watching? There's standing pools of water in the back. Are you watching? They're against a green screen. It's Doug Williams versus Gabriel Kidd, which is <laughs> It's like again, like I not I don't want to like seem like shady and stuff, but like any like people I yeah wrestling fans love to believe it was WCPW versus Vince and like some of the like some of the promos Adam Pacitti like Adam Pacitti loved doing it because Adam Pacitti like loves chaos. He's a little bit of a joker uh, kind mm. of figure. He loves like stupid stuff that like makes him laugh in a dark little vein. But just like all of all of <laughs> All of Adam Pachiti's promos where he's been like, yeah, that's right. We got Damien Sandow. You're lost, Vince. Like, always trying to, like, always trying to work a feud with Vince McMahon. And, like, the fans lap that that stuff up, obviously. Um, so, yeah, you'd always get, like, really aggressive anti-WWE chants, despite the fact that everyone is there mostly to see WWE guys at a WCPW show. Uh- the other thing I would say on the crowd as well, like they got a fight forever chant going. Um, and then there's a, there's a wicked lethal injection on the floor towards the end. Mm. That's really good because they're doing like the ROH 20 count to get back in. However, the drama is somewhat ruined because this is that progress crowd that like to chant the next number that the referee is doing. Uh... So the referee will go eight and the crowd will go nine. And then the ref will go nine. So the crowd will go 10, 10, 10, 10. And see, it, I, Ollie used to do this at progress shows. And Did he? he yes. Cause he went, he, as he would say, he went to progress before it was cool. Um, he's like on the, you can see him in the first like few uh, shows that they did. He's front row. Um, but he also says that he now feels quite bad about doing those chants because at one point on one show, they did trip the referee up. And, oh. made, and made him miscount. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you know, doing that, um, having loads of rules for pub golf. Is it possible that you hate Ollie? He's <laughs> <laughs> one of my best friends in the whole world, but he is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's uh, that is a feeling I think that everyone knows. Um, yeah, like I, we, yeah, we had our we had our fair share of annoying things because, like, one fall is fine one yeah. yeah people people like one fall um but it's like stuff that the the fan the chance i could never get on board with are the ones that interfere in the actual storytelling process and that sounds wanky but like a 10 count is can be used to create tension yeah you know like these are all these are all tools that the wrestlers are working with you know like when they're mapping out uh, a match these are just like well we want to do this thing and just like oh you know like yeah like jay lethal was probably thinking yeah i'll i'll crack you know i'll bounce his dome off the mat it was really good a really good sound of like noam dar's head hitting the floor you know i'll do that and then like the fact that he's able to get in with one count to go that's really exciting but it doesn't really help if people are chanting 20 uh whilst noam dar is still on the outside it kind of spoils that kind of little 
burst of triumph exactly yeah because it's, it's really really cool so you do the dragon screw through the ropes then that lethal injection on the floor dar gets just back in at 19 and then blocks the lethal injection into the champagne super knee bar like it's a really really wicked sequence and the crowd get back into it for that but it's i just it really irked me that they that the the drama of the the getting back in at 19, which is the middle point of that sequence, is, is sort of lost. Uh, and Lethal does a really good tease of the tap out to the, the knee bar. Then yeah. Rolls it, yeah. And then rolls it uh, into a pin. Lethal injection from out of nowhere for the retention. Really, really great match. I enjoyed that a hell of a lot. Also very much enjoyed him doing the big Randy Savage elbow, but has to watch out for all the lighting rig that's <laughs> up the ring. We never had anyone hit the lights, which is good. Like it, because we were... We were worried, like basically, like before some before some of our shows. In fact, this one, and I think there was like one other where we were in a quite kind of uh, low two place. We basically just had to say, like, locker room together, like, right, here are the turnbuckles. You can't jump off. Number one, <laughs> number two, you can't do those. Go go nuts on the other ones though. Um, uh, obviously not. Yeah. Um, oh God, I just remembering the. Um, that's the thing we should have watched the um, Osprey Ricochet match where the. Um, the turnbuckles broke. Have you seen mm. that one? No, I've not seen that. No. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it was not in the World Cup. It was like like uh, the first one that I think Kurt Angle was at, or maybe the one where Joe Hendry turned heel. One of those shows that happened in like Alt- Altrincham. Um, and it was like yeah, we we kind of hyped it as a kind of oh, it's another Osprey Ricochet match. This is when they were doing that like back in 2016. I think when they were doing that kind of circuit of like these amazing matches. Making Jim um, Cornette hate wrestling. Just pissing, just pissing Jim off as best they could. Uh, and yeah, they immediately went for like the kick. Um, and then uh, <laughs> they both kind of uh, went to do their thing where they both somersault against the ropes. Mm. Uh, and the unfortunately, the the sensation of them both hitting the ropes at the same time uh, meant that the rope snapped off a little hook that was holding it. And so basically the entire top rope came off. Oh, yeah uh yeah the top rope broke um and matt striker to his credit called it just like a, a match so good they broke the the effing ring um and then they, they had to work a match without a top rope oh wow uh osprey and ricochet had to work a match without a top rope um but it's yeah that was really interesting but yeah we felt um the limitations of yeah please God, i was just like a man oh imagine if jay lethal kind of accidentally glass himself at our shows we were always terrified of um you know you never want to see uh, you never you never ever want an injury to happen you especially don't want to injure a big you know important visitor uh, on your roof which we did to drew galloway uh which was really sad uh during one of his matches uh joseph connors um who will get to uh mm-hmm. gave gave uh, drew galloway his kind of hammerlock uh ddt and almost almost broke his neck which is just like uh, yeah and then but drew drew was fine and eventually came back and they worked a really really nice uh kind of story out of it and a brilliant promo from drew but there are just those moments where you'd be just like oh have we killed drew galloway because that'll really turn people against wcpw <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming did the roh thing come through dixon yes yeah because that must have been like a i mean it's you know for a startup promotion that's a really good get to be able to have. I, and it's 2016 Ring of Honor as well, which is still, mm. you know, you've got the Young Bucks connection at that point and then Omega, and they've got their connection with New Japan. It was, like, it was a really good relationship to form such early doors. As as like WCPW uh, taught me anything is that if you pay enough money, you can get a lot of wrestlers. <laughs> 
oh, I see. It was one of those kind of deals. <laughs> look, yeah, look, WCPW was always a money sink. Uh, <laughs> and it was proudly a money sink. <laughs> You know, paying paying Bret Hart to come along um, for one show and reveal some tag belts, <laughs> which then AEW stole as an idea. <laughs> I'm just out here to present these new tag belts. Um, <laughs> Who is that? Bret Hart. <laughs> it's Grumpy Bret. <laughs> My brother Owen. He sounds like a kind of an old prospector. He is a bit of an old prospector now. <laughs> yeah, searching Wrestling. for gold in his wrestling career. Exactly, cosplaying as Raven. Um, <laughs> back body drop in their review would say, what a war, what a match. At 20 minutes in length, this was the best thing from WCPW so far. Four and a quarter stars. Well, it seems like we're finally turning the corner with backbodydrop.com. <laughs> Uh, afterwards, they have an angle where they uh, Noam Dar and Jay Lethal shake hands, and then Jay Lethal gets attacked by Drake. Lethal stops him and asks who the hell he is. And Drake is a very wicked top rope code breaker, and James Kennedy comes out with him as well. Back body drop would say at the angle, this absolutely cannot be the next storyline. With all due respect to Drake, but after matches with Jay Lethal, uh, can you say downgrade? <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, back body drop, you missed you had a typo there because you were meant to write no Amdar, but you wrote Jay Lethal, you big idiot. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> um so yeah, like we so Drake is obviously one of the nicest men uh in wrestling. He's a really, really sound dude. Uh and he was also kind of um the kind of head of our crew. Mm. Like he was the guy that kind of coordinated um you know, the ring, uh, um, organized its storage, uh, was there at kind of like uh, every step of the way in terms of like being there on the ground and getting production set up and stuff like he was the uh, he was like the the guy and basically yeah, leading um, leading a bunch of crew guys. So he was always so we always like had uh, especially Dixon, I think, always kind of felt very um very kind of like uh, protective towards Drake and wanted to wanted to do good stuff for him because he was always you know doing us a solid because uh, um, and yeah so we were just like well, well next time we get Jay Lethal back we want to give uh, Drake uh, a match with uh, with Jay Lethal um, and and then Drake sort of went into Prospect after mm -hmm. that and Prospect were just sort of like um, you know our, our, our lovely they they were our three MB really you know they were like colorful uh kind of comedy jobbers you know they built over time to have that really awesome match with the swords of essex but they were kind of like this is this is kind of what we you are our colorful comedy uh characters and so by the time that jay lethal came back the whole drake thing was just like ah well i mean look let's 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 see what we can do and i think he ran in after another match and then got beaten up by jay lethal so i think that was how that feud ended not with a match but basically i think he came back after i think it was jay lethal christopher daniels and adam cole or something like that it was a triple threat and then jay lethal came in and just got absolutely spanked by jay uh by jay lethal drake uh did and yeah yeah it, it, yeah it was one of those loose threads it was like who you know um what did booker t do uh, or who raised the briefcase? Uh, one of those things. I know it was man. a big boss man. I know it was a big boss man. It was one of those things that never really kind of had a satisfactory conclusion. 
never know why people keep like everyone always brings up it's like it's one of the great mysteries of wrestling. It's like, no, literally the next night they said it was the big boss man. <laughs> <laughs> who was in the Hummer then? Yeah, who threw the pie at Kevin Owens? Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was one not one of our kind of greatest uh, long form storylines. But Drake is uh, a lovely man. Everyone should be booking HT Drake. He is a wonderful soul. And we're back. I'm Kenny here at What Culture Pro Wrestling, and I'm joined by one of the most exciting teams and partnerships here in WCPW. It is Joseph Connors and Joe Hendry. We've got the match coming up tonight with Prospects. What can we expect? What can you expect? I, I, sorry. I just want to say, you know, just I, I just want to address what people have been saying. You know, I, I feel, I, I recognise, I don't see it when I'm doing it myself, but I, I've been talking a lot. I've been kind of, you know, taking the shine off you. You let me do my thing. I didn't really let you do your thing. So I, I, I get that and I appreciate that. So I think now, you know, not from the start, but from, from now in this interview, I think you should do the talking now. I just, it's your, it's your turn. Okay, I appreciate that. Let's talk about the business at hand, okay? Lucas Archer. Lucas Archer, Alex Gracie, I'm no stranger to either of you. No stranger. You two are two of the hungriest athletes on this roster. Hungry, I know hungry hippos. I know just how good you two are. I had a hand in your training. I've talked about how good you are ever since you stepped into a wrestling gym. He did but say. You, he did say. Can't can say he didn't. Sorry. But you made the biggest single mistake you two will ever make when you jumped me from behind like two cowards. Cowards. And that's something you just don't do. The odds were in your favour back then. But as you can see, the odds are now in our favour. Because when myself and the local hero, Joe Hendry, mm. team up, just like we did to Prince Amin and Gabriel Kidd, this tag team is going all the way. All can I just say before that that was fantastic? But I, I should have done that more often. But the other thing is, I realised, you know, my my musical entrances and things like that. That's becoming a, a big deal. And I thought it's not really fair if 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 you know you've got your entrance music, well, which is great and all, but then I've got my entrance music, which is like you know pretty much the greatest thing anyone's ever seen. So the right thing to do. How about we have custom entrance together for the team, and it can be. 50% me and 50% you. How about that? You've got us some custom entrance music. Yeah, Just you like trust yeah, yeah. You don't need to even know about it. 50-50, 50-50. Absolutely 50-50. That's what this tag team is yeah, all it, about, it right? Be, it might even be more about you than it is about me. I've got it ready. You just need to trust me. Wait till you hear it. Wait till you hear it. I can it. trust you. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Okay. There you have a united partnership here in WCPW. Back to race. Uh, backstage, Kenny McIntosh is with Joseph Connors and Joe Hendry. Uh, Joe doesn't have the words, um, but then when he does, uh, sort of because Connor gets to, gets to cut a promo, uh, he says, that I've been talking a lot, and I think it's now time for Joseph Connors, for you to talk. You deserve it. And every single time Joseph Connors starts saying something, Joe just starts chiming in, particularly... I did. I, I mean, I laughed a lot at this because I think yeah, it Joe's popped the boys. Like, if I know what you're talking about, yeah. It's when he says, like, "I know you're hungry," and Joe just goes, "Hungry, hungry hippos." <laughs> Credit to Connors and Kenny for keeping a straight face because the oh uh, yeah the wrestlers didn't. Um, <laughs> no, it was really, really, really good. Um, I was. I, I remember kind of like one of the first kind of 
because obviously there's a lot of really impressive wrestlers who've come through WCPW, but uh, I remember kind of like watching Joe Hendry sort of being able to weave promos out of thin air is always something that's really, really nice to see. He, he's such an underrated, just a generally just an underrated talent. Um, mm. We really kind of like, so we never, re- it, ne- it never really clicked with us, Joe Hendry until the prestige um uh, which i think was really fun and i thought joe hendry did some really great work um like i think like during during the kind of the baby face run of joe hendry uh i i love like obviously all the, all of his entrances and you can tell that the fans really like him but as we sort of moved into kind of kind of work weight work rate wcpw and had like lots of kind of like you know pete dunn and um Tyler Bate, Mustache Mountain, like all those guys came in and, you know, were slightly more kind of like for the progress fans, uh, for the Ollie da- for the Oil Davies of this world. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joe Hendry sort of felt like he, he was like treading water with his, com- with his kind of fa- face persona. Like we never, I always felt like we didn't do right by Joe Hendry because like this, this is the start of a, of like our proper long running storyline with Joe Hendry and Joseph Connors. Um, which eventually would lead to obviously Connor's turning heel, being the next champ, uh, and like always ducking Joe Hendry until finally Joe Hendry gets his shot. Uh, and whenever Joe Hendry got his shot, it was always at the wrong show. Hmm. It's like Joe, like I think a Joe Hen- like a, a Joe Hendry Joseph Connor's match would have really worked like in the academy, uh, like in the O2, but we always put those matches on when it was on like a super card, like Angle versus Cody. And yeah. so they always got put in the death spot. And I felt so annoyed on their behalf that that match never got its, its, it's what it was, what it deserved and what kind of the sto- what storyline had been built. And then I was really happy when we basically got to turn Joe Hendry heel on Kurt Angle as sort of revenge yeah. <laughs> for that. Uh, but yeah, no, I I I I like this match a lot. Uh, I, I it's one of my favorite Joe Hendry entrances of of all time. Yeah, well, so Joe sets this up by saying that the the entrance is going to be a joint music venture because they need to have as a tag team they need to have music that suits both of them and it's 50 50 if anything it might be more joseph connors than it is joe hendry so it's it's joe hendry and joseph connors versus prospect of lucas archer and alex gracie and joe hendry comes out and the crowd are so into joe and the, the song is he wears a tie has money a parody of across the nation by union underground the old raw theme which for my money is it's my favorite raw theme ever and this is the first time i've ever heard this and it made me laugh so so much (laughs) it's not just a brilliant parody it's you know it's the Play Hendry's music, play, play Joe, Joe Hendry's music, play Joe Hendry's music, yeah. And then on the screen, it goes into this really crap like PowerPoints image. 
and Joseph Connors is pictures there. And in the bottom, in like Comic Sans, it says, and Joseph Connors. <laughs> he just strips <laughs> every every little bit of production. I think but even better is the, the, Joseph, the Joseph Connor thing isn't even like fully on the screen. So it actually says Joseph Connor. <laughs> That's a lovely little detail. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really I, the the lyrics like he he wears a tie, has money. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's he'll it's, beat he... you at ball and PlayStation. <laughs> if there are silly billies, <laughs> um, it's yeah he he he's he's incredible. Like I think the first episode of Loaded, he did a really good one with um, him versus Big Demo, which is. I think it's hello or like mm. hello from the other side, like something I, that was really, really good as well. Like Joe, when it was, it was the, it was the one thing that I kind of, uh, I was sad to lose when Joe Henry turned heel. Cause I think he did generally like kind of really up his game, but I missed these so much. And I think, yeah, this was the, this was the peak because uh, like Joseph Connors is exceptional in the ring. And I, I, I feel really sad that, in NXT UK, he hasn't received the spotlight he deserves, and yeah. they have sort of they sort of boiled his character down to has half an ear. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I remember watching him in the in the NXT UK tournament, and just like his whole thing was just like look at his ear, uh, which is a shame because I really liked his his championship run with us. Like he, uh, we got to see some really good signs of him, and like I, yeah, I, I thought he played off Joe. Uh, Joe Hendry really, really well. Like it's obviously that Joe Connors is the work guy, uh, but Joe Hendry, um, because of his reaction, because of his, has such this inflated opinion of himself, believes he's carrying the team, but does it in that kind of really kind of earnest, lovable way. It's really, mm. really sweet. I think like Connors sells Joe's music really, really well. Of you know, because Joe's out there screaming his own entrance music and then pointed to and Joseph Connors as if like, <laughs> look, I did the thing for you. Aren't I great? Uh the tag match is solid tag stuff. Um Kennedy gets on the apron to get some heel heat on Joe Hendry. Connor's really leaning in for the tag, not holding the tag rope, so Madam will be very unhappy, not oh, yeah. following the rules. I chewed him out in front of the entire locker room. <laughs> Uh, eventually Connors gets the hot tag and runs wild. Very lovely slingshot DDT. But key to this, does not tag back in Joe Hendry and then gets rolled up by Prospect for the win. The crowd go absolutely silent because no one was expecting the finish. No. Um, so yeah, that was a... So we wanted obviously to build like the kind of the miscommunication thing. I think people weren't quite buying Prospect at that point. Um, and like... in this match, like, they're trying like, who are you during this match? Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, like we prospect, you know, um, Alex Gracie and Lucas Archer, they were kind of like not, they hadn't really been seen. They, these were kind of like 3CW guys. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, like I, 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 I stand by the decision to put prospect over. I understand how some, like there are some people would just be like, I don't buy it. Like suspension disbelief, like skill set levels. I just don't buy it. Uh, and I, and I kind of get that. And you could definitely see that the crowd thought like, that's the wrong choice. Hmm. Um, but um, I, I, I quite like the kind of deathly silence and just like the shock. And then because like you say, Joseph Connors, the, 
um beginning of the of the match when he was like joe hendry was kind of sending him up with his music joe connor's just sort of like he shrugged and he did a little kind of sardonic smile looking at the audience being like oh what is that joe hendry like but at the end of the match because like everything was so deflated and like everything got super serious then there was a different form of frustration and i i i think it it, it worked well enough but people yeah, yeah people yeah they don't they God, they want to. They want you to tell. They want to be told uh, a kind of kayfabe wrestling story. But uh, there's a there's a level of kayfabe the fans won't accept. These people aren't good enough to fluke a win. Uh, it's just like, well, wrestling is supposed to be real, right? Mm. Like we're supposed to tell that story that wrestling's real. So you know, anyone can get lucky on a given yeah. day, especially when people are you know partners are miscommunicating. But no, apparently that wasn't that <laughs> wasn't real enough for. Uh, for some fans but i sit by it I, well, i'm back... very interested to see how back body drop well uh, i mean uh, they said the finish came out of nowhere but it was a decent match three stars mm. 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 ladies and gentlemen my name is adam pacitti and i am your what culture pro wrestling general manager i promised you five big announcements here is the first appearing live at wcpw in october is hello what are you doing what do you think why have you got that on your lip? Don't you think I look dashing? Why are you here? I'm doing a video. Do you want to know what I've done to Jack? Come here. Come on. On you come. Oi. Do the thing. Up higher. Do it properly. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to WCPW, Cody f***ing Rhodes. Vince McMahon's loss is what culture pro wrestling's gain. Ticket information is to follow. Remember to click that subscribe button right down there. I've got four more big announcements coming. You won't want to miss them. Cody f***ing Rhodes. Uh, we cut backstage. Adam Pacitti is cutting a promo with five big announcements. Uh, King Ross walks in with a tash and says that he looks dashing. And he brings in Jack the Jobber dressed as Stardust. And Pacitti says, yes, Cody Rhodes is coming to WCPW. Vince's loss is our game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah are you watching vince mcmahon <laughs> we've got cody now <laughs> and we're gonna teach him how to create your own wrestling promotion <laughs> we taught cody everything he knows well adam it's time no it's, it's time to talk about the main event of this show to crown the first ever wcpw champion it's mm. big demo with jack the jobber and uh. adam pacitti versus rampage brown with adam blompier i don't wanna don't wanna <laughs> <laughs> um well you know um shenanigans to one side uh it's a good match Rampage and Big Damo is some good wrestlers. Oh yeah, um, big men do big stuff, and it's big, big lovely stuff as well. Yeah, to to crown the the first ever tiny WCPW champion. Um, God, that belt looks small next to next to Big Damo. Um, yeah, uh, it's. I mean, there's, there's so much, so much kind of amazing booking in this match. So much kind of like color. So, like the storytelling it's like i mean it's almost kind of pinteresque is it's amazing how much we do with so little in regards 
<laughs> to all the extra bells and whistles surrounding the ring. Oh, so, yeah, so, I mean, it, before we get into that, like it is a really, I really enjoyed this actually because I'm a big fan of Damo, big fan of Rampage Brown. And I just thought these two were beating 10 bales of hell out of each other. They were just absolutely just beating the crap out of each other for a lot of this. Uh, Damo is like, he's in charge. He's bulldozing over Rampage Brown. It's just absolutely amazing at what he does. Rampage starts to make a comeback, but Damo does a big cannonball on the outside against the guardrail, which looked like it sucks for both men. Rampage <laughs> just gets back in at nine, uh, only to be hit by a Vader bomb by Damo. Uh, huge superplex. And then, Adam Blompier gets up onto the apron to start yelling uh, to Rampage Brown to hit the pile driver, which is a banned move in this match. And he's yelling at him to do the pile driver. But Rampage Brown, the heel, says no, he's not going to do it. So Adam gets into the ring, Blompier uh, gets in the uh, ring, they yell at him, and he slaps Rampage Brown. And Rampage just decks him back. But swerve we've all been there are swerves and there's swerves and we all got swerved damo with the low blow to rampage brown and he hits the pile driver it's a double turn damo is the champion he then pile drives the referee for good measure and you get it and you adam blompier gets into the ring to yell at damo to hit another pile driver on rampage brown jack gets in i feel like that was an error on jack's part um, <laughs> Whereas Pachiti, absolutely, toe-to-toe with uh, with yeah. Big Damo. And uh, Jack gets uh, knocked down, but is quite concerned about not losing his hat, so uh, it doesn't yeah. make quite a good bump. But uh, in the end, Adam Pachiti gets in to say that the pile driver is a banned move, and he wants the belt back. Damo says, okay, and then hits him with the belt, and he took that like an absolute champ. He hits him with the belt, <laughs> broke the living crap out of his glasses. Yeah. Um, although actually no i think no his glasses were actually broken beforehand were they uh, yeah they were broken earlier in the show i think by me slapping them off his face <laughs> <laughs> i think the damage to his glasses has already been done but it's it's got my fa- it's got one of my favorite shots in wcpw history of pachiti kind of lying in front of his glasses and demo uh standing over him uh yes yes lots of he definitely took much more of a bump than jack who kind of sort of staggered into the turnbuckle and sort of wilted like a summer flower (laughs) here is what back body drop would say about the match oh Uh, three and a half stars a solid main event as a show the in-ring action was pretty good dar lethal stole stole the show and we had some good action up and down the bill unfortunately the what culture driven storyline kind of ruined the main event does Damo keep holding the title hostage and Adam Pacitti Jack find new proxies to get the title back? Kayfabe wise, surely the GM doesn't need to do that. They just take the belt back. No. Uh, the next set of WCW, WCPW shows are being taped this week and should give us an indicator as to where they're heading. Will they retain the what culture heavy focus that brought them to the table and earned them, earned them derision for it? Or will they just become another indie group like a rebadged NGW, but for an internet crowd? Judging by the announced talents for future shows and the likes of Eric Bischoff, Cody Rose, Damian Sandow, and Drew Galloway, it may be the latter. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, I, I, I feel like that kind of sums it up, really. Like WCPW's difficult place. Like, do they stick with the? Do they stick with their unique selling point, <laughs> uh, which some, which some 
fans don't like because it's internet nonsense or do they become just another promotion mm. uh, and i think that's sort of what happened with defiant you know like you saw what happened when you, when it stopped being what culture pro wrestling it became just another promotion yeah. which is not the defiant was bad uh, because most promotions have you know really talented wrestlers <laughs> in them <laughs> that you know it's just that they're say what you want about the what culture stuff it added something that you couldn't find in any other promotion you couldn't find you know like that and don't get me you know it was it was camp nonsense it was a belt being ripped up for for intense heat um but you know like some people were really really into that and that made wcpw a really exciting home for them um it, it is kind of cool like you know you look out at the crowd and there are genuinely people there who are wearing your merchandise or wearing the Pachiti Club merchandise. Pachiti Club outsold BX by a considerable margin, I just want to say. But but there's like, you know, there's a lot of them out in the crowd. People are there to see the What Culture Boys. Some might even say over the likes of Damo and Rampage Brown in the main events, you and Jack might have been the bigger draws to, to some part of the audience. I think that's the thing is like we there were people on our cards who didn't need our help like Cody and and you know Will Ospreay but there were other people on the card who definitely benefited from us being around and they and they told us that you know they said like you know like of all the people who ever kind of derided um the the personality stuff in WCPW it wasn't the wrestlers um you know they were the ones getting more exposure and getting paid um so like it depends you know it depends kind of like how how much you want to kind of take your animosity but like the the wrestlers at no point were just like this is this is not a promotion we we, this is not a promotion we don't enjoy being a part of like yeah all all the wrestlers that we had kind of regularly on the show yeah they always made time for wcpw uh they were fun they would they were buying large fun shows um Yeah. So let's talk about the booking of this main event then. Uh, how <laughs> okay. how did how did this all come together? Uh, so this is a while ago now. Uh, so that like I think it was that was the that was what was going to be always going to be the plan. Uh, I think we knew that Big Demo was going to go to NXT uh, fairly fairly kind of shortly, and I think the the idea was that we wanted to kind of have big demo as our first champion so that you know we could say that our first champion went to nxt because like you know when he became killing Dane, yeah that absolutely raised his 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 profile uh also you know he'd, he'd just come you know off uh being being hot in icw so like he he felt like it like yeah he was in between like a really good run at icw and what was we were hoping was going to be a really good run in wwe so he, like we knew he wasn't going to be champ for the long but we thought that would be a really, really good first champ, um, and uh, yeah, we we you know we thought as as is generally the case, heel champs are better. Um, you know, heel uh, babyface wins are better, but in terms of champions, heels like make the make the better make the better champs. Uh, so we thought, well, let's do um, let's do like a big uh, heel turn swerve thing. It's just like, do we turn him immediately? Do we turn him against Joe Hendry? Uh, and I think it was Dixon who said, "No, no, no! T- turn him when he wins the belt for maximum 
maximum heat. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. How do you, what's the best way to turn him? He's just like, well, ally him with Blompier. People hate him. And I was just like, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, so that was kind of the, the roots of it is that I would, yeah, I would start with Rampage, who, uh, who is a mean looking dude, get over the pile driver and then have the pile driver be used against him, have Rampage be written off and then have him come back and feud with Big Damo. So that was kind of like, that was, that was pretty much always planned. Um, and then it was just, yeah, just like executing the, um, executing the turn. Fun fact, uh, I got my timing wrong during the match so i ask i ask rampage to pile i first of all i say pile driver him not pile drive him which really bothers me looking back um it's one of the things that really um irks me about uh certainly my performance in the matches i say pile driver him it's just like that that mm, doesn't make me sound like wrestling's my first language and uh but no i i i do a thing where i say pile driver him and then he they move on to another segment of the match none of which involves him either pile driving or refusing to pile drive big demo um and then another bit of the match comes about and then i notice ah no that was my cue and then i get on the apron again and say <clears throat> rampage pile driver him at which now, point, now is the time <laughs> now now rampage now that you have softened him up with some unconnected offense which i didn't realize you were going to do now is the time to pile drive him and that's when rampage started uh you know acting back mm. um, and then i uh, yeah i got into the ring and i and i slapped him and I am famous in uh, what culture pro wrestling for having the worst slaps uh, on the roster. Uh, they are like, they are so weak. I showed it to my partner and she said, nah, and that looked really fake. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I'm not trained. Um, yeah, so I, I think I got him with a glancing blow. Um, let's just say I was, I didn't want to hurt him. Yes, say that. Um, and then he did not give me a glancing blow. He hit me full force in the chest. Yeah, there's one thing you can always say about Rampage is that he won't hold back if he wants to make something. If he needs to sell something and make it look good, he will lay it in. Yeah, I th well, it's just like that's, that's one of the things I learned from uh, from wrestlers is that they are not going to make themselves look bad by taking it easy on you. Because if they pull their punch, it just makes their work look fake. Mm. It doesn't help It doesn't help you and it doesn't help them. And the wrestlers uh, sure ain't going to do that to their brand. So no, um, Rampage laid it in nice and thick. Um, but yeah, it was like, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. I, I especially like Pachisi's promo. Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> which is like... <laughs> before before necessarily he found his groove as heel as heel gm but um yeah what what are you doing ah <laughs> oh, love it like it was a, it was a lot of fun it, literally everyone everyone had a laugh um doing it um and big demo uh, <laughs> which i didn't realize he was going to do kept giving me the belt yeah uh, like he kept saying like no you hold it up uh, and he kept like whispering to me like, like man i'll hate it more if you hold it up and i was just like oh okay and they did um you know back body drop said it ruined the main event because <laughs> i worked him like a mark <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, big day. It was a lot of fun. Like he, he, you know, uh, gave me a big cuddle backstage, which is a unique experience cuddling a, in a very sweaty, very hairy man. Um, and yeah, just said like, um, 
that was uh, that was a, I think I think the word he used was crack. I think what a what a good load of crack. Or something. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like he said, he said it was really really fun. And yeah, it was it was, it was a very pleasant evening, all, like, all told. I, uh, I I do think it's a successful double turn. As I said, like this is my first time seeing this. I didn't see the turn coming. Like I didn't know the result of this match, so I didn't see the turn coming. And I, I've I've said on on podcasts before that we do. I can always tell looking back when I get excited um, uh, during a match, looking at my notes because I go into all caps. And and I do go into all caps at this point when yeah we got him when Demo hits the pile driver and and execute the double turn. Was there ever the question though that huh, kayfabe wise, why doesn't Pachiti just get the belt back? Well, there was talks about pile driving Pachiti, but uh, we we ended up not going down that route just in case. Um, uh, I I think it was sort of like. I think Dixon was just was of the mindset. It's like, well, people wouldn't want to see that, uh, so if, like people won't really ask for that. Like people, like because it's always weak when authority figures strip people of the belts for kayfabe reasons. Like if you have to strip someone because you know they're injured or they get signed to another promotion, say, um, then that's fine. But like I think generally speaking, Dixon especially always had the mindset that a, a face GM won't do that. A face GM instead will basically just organize a match that the fans want to see in order to right the wrong, which is something that we did with Drew Galloway as well. Uh, back when it was announced that he was signed into NXT, um, like I think Drew messaged us saying, by the way, if you just if you want to strip me and take the belt back, that's fine. Um, but like Dixon, yeah, definitely wouldn't hear of it. He's like, no, 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 we leave, like we want to make sure that the next person who ne the next champion wins the belt off you. And that's mm. the that's generally like how wrestling should work, you know. Faces should win their belt off heels, right? Like rather than winning it off vacant. Uh, so yeah, kayfabe wise, it I guess it doesn't make sense. But you could sort of look at it from a sense of like, well, we want to give the fans what their money's worth. And when Drew Galloway, you know, and I was face GM at the time, I yeah, I cut a promo on him basically saying like I could strip you of the belt, but ultimately I think that does a disservice to our locker room who want to beat you for the belt. Uh, so I'm going to give their entire locker room the chance to beat you for the belt in the Rumble. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I don't think it's too, too much of a plot hole. I think the plot hole um, really arises. Uh, like if you if you really want to talk plot holes, it's like, what would happen if Rampage had Piledriver Big Gamer? <laughs> I think that's the main plot hole. It's like I tell Rampage to do it and he doesn't. Uh, and he had done it earlier. So, like, realistically, why would I think that he wouldn't? Unless, like, there was a big chat that we had backstage where Rampage, you know, sat down, tears in his eyes, and confessed to me how bad he felt about doing the pile driver and that he can't do that to another wrestler. And I was just like, okay, Rampage, I understand. And that's when I switch sides with Big Damo. You can maybe argue that, but it doesn't seem like Rampage's style. He just decides not to do it because virtue prevails. Yeah. Um, um i i i re-watching it back like i i joke about it being kind of mega cringe and stuff i do think if i could go back and do it again there was definitely stuff i would change about my own performance uh because i am you wouldn't a, tell someone to pile driver someone well i probably would have waited for my right cue and i probably would <laughs> i probably would have laid the slap in a bit more um but no it's it's this little things like i 
felt like too much of a distraction at ringside like the whole business with the can of beer like i don't know what that was really i just thought oh that'd be heelish if i'm kind of confidently sipping a stella at ringside it didn't make any sense i do think that works though because the crowd are wanting you to give them a wave i mean i've written here the crowd want adam to wave for them but instead he takes a drink from a lager in his jacket the big dick <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I just like when they started chanting like Adam, finish your can um, and stuff like I, I yeah. don't know. There's there's elements of like I don't want to be the fan focus of the ch- I don't want to be the chant focus like during the match. Like it's a like you say it's a it's a balancing act. Like we want to get people in the we want to like as uh, as the personalities he, he says in inverted commas. Uh, we want to get fans through the door. Uh, we want to help with that, and we also want to help make certain moments stronger. But it's we've got to make sure that people are watching the matches. Um, by and large, I think that is the case because the wrestlers are so good. But there are elements about it that I would definitely um, change. Also, um, I, I think there was the I think there was a moment where they were chanting that Adams a dick or something like that, or Adams a wanker, and I just. I just wish that I'd just kind of turned to Pachichi and go, they're chatting about you. Um, but I didn't do that. Very, <laughs> up, very upset with myself and my missed opportunity. Um, it, yeah, like it was, it was the, it was, a, it was a proper bit of business. Like it was, it was so, so over, I don't know if it was overbooked, but there was a lot of booking there. Um And I think we, I don't think we'd ever really go to that place again of like such, personality involvement because i think we do like i remember we did read back body drop back way back then and like we did want to make sure that we didn't go too much down one side uh actually no no i think the most personality business was when pachiti turned heel um which was a great moment at refused to lose and all the glow sticks rained down on him so yeah who's to, who's to say who's to say on, on the subject of pachiti I, I was curious to know what the sort of the backstage reaction was to a him getting hit with the belt and and really taking it like a champ and B what the reaction was to Jack taking a hit. <laughs> well, like so, Pachiti and uh, Pachiti and I got you know a, a cl- he him especially got like uh, obviously Big Debo came up to him, um, gave him a cuddle and said you, like obviously like yeah, wrestlers really like it when you get shit kicked and and don't complain about it. Um, which is something that happened to me after refused to lose and rampage came up to me after the after the match and said yeah you took that like, took that like a champ and i was just like thank you rampage my i i, th- I think my ribs are broken <laughs> uh, and i you know i think i still have uh, you know and i think i still have the impression of rampage's um hand on my rib cage from that match and um, those horrible chops uh jack got a little bit of ribbing for not taking it hugely well but like you know it's <laughs> it's fine <laughs> um it, it was like it was because jack jack has a he he would replay his stuff over and over again in the office was kind of one of the jokes that we would kind of make about jack um he didn't watch that this one too uh, over over again too too much it was the super kick that will osprey gave him that mm. literally jack had on a loop uh on his work computer like he had the i think all of the thousands of views that that view that video has are pretty much from Jack just like, watching the kick over and over again and being impressed at how well he took it <laughs> as, as if he had any choice in the matter because Will kicked him in the fucking face. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was it was fun. Like um, 
we got super obsessed with how our bits went um and it certainly wasn't like either of ours kind of worst worst outing i think we all had moments which were much more embarrassing during wcpw's life um we we were all like kind of like we all had like adrenaline highs and i think the wrestlers were kind of slightly kind of uh, bemused at that as I was kind of like going backstage and being giddy and being just like we did a wrestling show like <laughs> yeah you did yeah sure did kid yeah but hey we got uh, we got some of the biggest reactions of the night and didn't have to take a bump so who <laughs> who's the idiots now <laughs> well I mean I, I when I was watching that list video the one that really made me laugh was when Adam was uh, when Pachita was going to go through a table the the, the bully Ray one but he got out the wrong table yeah and there's it, it, it's watching it back sort of in hindsight i guess at the time you wouldn't have noticed it but it's bully ray smacking the table as if he's trying to get a reaction but what he's actually trying to do is work out how sturdy this table is and how hard he's going to have to throw pachiti into it to make sure that it breaks turns out hard yeah <laughs> like i'm not sure why we even had that other table <laughs> but yeah no um yeah like because when I when it, him and I both went through tables, yeah, mine we both made sure they were gimmicked because they were they were not the the flimsy tables that WWE used. They were they were proper tables with like struts that had to be underneath them that had to be taken off, and like we had to kind of cut a little line underneath them to make sure they broke uh, evenly. Um, mine went off without a hitch. Well, almost like my ch- my table collapsed uh, before I went through it, and so the ref put it back up, <laughs> which was you want to talk about kayfabe shattering. Um, but yeah, but no, Pachiti, uh, Pachiti took his the hard way. But uh, he was he was a real champ about it because yeah, like I said, you you come back and adrenaline does sort of make you a little invincible. Um, everything hurts a lot less when you're kind of like hopped up uh, on adrenaline. I know, like I. I didn't feel a thing when I went through the table. You don't, because mm. you know it, it breaks your fall before you hit the, uh, you know, a padded bunch of uh, hard uh, floorboards. Uh, what hurts the most is the chops. That always hurts the most. It's the worst part of any wrestling match. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, he he took it like a champ. Let's talk about your match with Rampage and the the table spot being undressed. And wearing your 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 tidy whities out there, mm-hmm. how did all of that come together? So Dixon came to me, and he said, "Look, we were thinking of like we've got this refuse to lose card, and we've got two great matches. We've got Martin Kirby versus Joseph Connors. We know that's going to be good, and we've got Kurt Angle versus Joe Hendry. We know that's going to be good. And we were thinking like, well, it's Big Demo's last time in the company." And we were thinking, like, well, we should be running Big Dama versus Rampage then. Um, And he was just like, well, we have sort of seen that. We were just thinking, mate. We were thinking there's only one really real match that we, like, the fans need to see. And that's you versus Rampage. Uh, To which my initial response was, no, thanks. And he was just like, well, think about it because like, we'll make sure you're protected and like, we'll do loads of bells and whistles so you don't actually have to wrestle, obviously. But we, we really think like that's the thing that, that fans will pay to see is, is, is you getting your ass handed to you by Rampage. Uh, so eventually, like, I sort of agreed to it based on, you know, like, I definitely have more creative control over this match, uh, please. So it was just decided, yeah, that we'd be on prospect, like, and it, uh, you know, an increased 
BX uh, would would basically destroy Rampage, and then it, like the tables would be turned because like other dudes would come out, and it would be a big schmoz and, and stuff. Um, I, in that match, I have the the singular honor of popping Jim Cornette. Apparently, <laughs> oh, really? uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, I, I really made him laugh during uh, the the match intro, which I think is my favorite promo I ever mm. did. Like all the face promos were not as good. Like no, I, like doing being face sucks. Um, being heel is a lot more fun. Uh, I liked shooting, you know, cutting a promo with Damien Sandow and cutting a promo with Eric Bischoff. But my favorite one was cutting a promo with Rampage, where I turned up in a suit with uh, a briefcase, and I told him, "Now there's 324 pounds in this briefcase, which is more than any of the boys will ever make in a single night backstage." And I saw Rampage just go. <laughs> me <laughs> and apparently that uh that comment popped jim Cornette, which was which was, <laughs> was nice fun. yeah and afterwards um jr told me i took a, I, I know he says you know how to take an ass whipping and i was just like that's a nice thing to be told by jim ross that even though nice he thing. even though he did call that i uh took a, a restaurant quality power bomb through the chair when i went through the table it's like well never mind can't win never mind, <laughs> never mind. Uh, the, the stripping down uh to your tiny whities no oh, i didn't know that was going to happen no uh it works because like, I, I went to because i thought well chances are uh because i've got you know i've got big legs thick thighs sales uh save lives um but i just thought well chances are i'm going to break whatever clothes i go in there with so i went to primark to just get a a, a, a cheap suit uh, and it lasted even shorter than i thought it would i think like literally my first bump um it split it my my pants kind of right up the thigh uh, and i thought well if that happens i got i definitely got to be wearing tighty whities uh, just want to just want to say out there i don't wear tighty whities on the reg that was uh, that was kayfabe it's all, all kayfabe if you thought if you thought i wore tighty whities normally you got worked brother but um uh, yeah and he he ripped off my pants and threw them into the air did rampage uh, they sailed through the air and landed upon jim Cornette, which is again uh a real a real moment of legacy <laughs> my my trousers landed on on jim Cornette. did uh you wore a cup presumably uh, no, he, no no so he, he, a... he didn't pick him he didn't kick me in the bollocks though <laughs> but was there any worry that the bollocks might come out oh <laughs> oh but pull a neville um yeah. no i didn't I, I was not, perhaps not as concerned as I should have been about showing brain, but I, no, they didn't, thankfully. Um, I did a, as I got stretched to the back, I did a Vince, I don't think, I don't think, they, I'm not sure the cameras caught it, but I did a Vince McMahon. Doing, doing <laughs> uh, or was it a thumbs up? I can't remember. One of them, uh, I, mm. did a, I did a stupid thing, but I don't think the cameras uh, caught it. Fun fact, I went into that match mega disheartened because, um, I found out moments before going out that the feed didn't work. So no one was watching it live. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately so. It was like our first pay-per-view. And the worst thing happened, which is that they cheaped out, uh, the bosses did, because, you know, they were paying for Kurt Angle. So I understand they wanted to cut some costs. But they unfortunately went with super cheap servers that couldn't handle um, the loads of people who wanted to actually watch it live because you're that popular 
Yeah, yeah, I'm too much of a draw. <laughs> Dixon was right. They did want to see you versus Rampage. Jesus. Um, yeah, and then that, then that was that was the end of me, and I I, I came back with uh, with my baby face persona, uh, we, and yeah, became became a a very boring general manager who would come out announce matches go away again and it was a shame but uh, i i'd probably done pretty much everything i was going to do as a heel at that point one of the questions i did have for you before we get into the the other the bonus matches that we're going to record is when was the moment because like i think that you know you lot were the first of your kind really of that sort of like wrestling youtube personality of pioneers like, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Pioneers could be the word you would you, you could use. Yes, I'm then, sure. Brian Brian Zane was around before us, wasn't he? Yeah, what well, he what? But you were like on the big big set. Like Brian it was not opening up a wrestling promotion uh, based around uh, uh, his videos, where like you guys did. You know, you got a huge huge surge. Like I I remember, you know, I didn't know who you guys were. Um, but I remember there being an advert for Keep saying that Luke, you seemed like you're taking it as a kind of personal mission to, to kind of wear my confidence down. <laughs> have you been to... sent by Ollie? Cause he, you know, my contract negotiations are coming up. Are you, have you been sent <laughs> to give me a reality check? Yeah. He's just always like, don't let him get too big of a head. I know he's the biggest draw on our channel, but come on. <laughs> um, but like, I remember Damien Sandow being advertised for what I'm going to assume was an inside the rope show. And the package deal was that you could get a ticket and then you could go and meet, you could possibly meet Damien Sandow, but you would guarantee meet Adam Blompier, Adam Chitty, and Jack the Jobber. And I remember being like, whoa, like that's a, a mate of mine told me, it was like, oh yeah, no, they're a big deal. Like that, that's a, they're, they're like huge. So when was the period of time when you realized oh, we're not just making videos on YouTube now. People are coming to watch our videos because of us. So uh, the first time I got an idea of what culture being popular was that NXT TakeOver London, when we decided like, oh, okay, well, what we, you know, we knew the views were there, but we didn't know that translated into anything more than just like people watch it. And, you know, like I... There's, you, there, are, there are fans and then there are fans, right? Like, I don't know, you know, I... I've I've seen some Watch Mojo videos, but I don't think I would go to a Watch Mojo organized party mm. uh, because you don't have that kind of fandom with them because it's more disposable content, I guess. So we were just like, well, who who knows actually kind of how pe how many people are actually engaged with our stuff, and the uh, because NXT Takeover London was coming, the punishment for I can't remember, I think it was like Hell in a Cell or Survivor Series, one of them. Uh, it was basically like we're going to do uh, a, a challenge like whoever loses has to do like a rock concert outside NXT TakeOver London and we thought it would be really embarrassing because uh, no one would show up and he'd basically be busking like that's what we thought it would be it'd be like uh, someone busking on the street as loads of people walk past and then we just you know we got there and we threw up our like location be like oh we're underneath this kind of big tree and stuff and then loads of people turned up uh, and we were just like oh okay uh people people know about us and then that uh got bigger in mania so we went to uh we went to mania the next year in 2016 and that's when we were stopped a lot um and like we got a pretty good you know like a decent enough crowd of people uh turning out to see our live 
predictions on the street uh, and uh, a decent enough crowd of people to see the punishment uh, reactions. Uh, and they were just like, okay, uh, people are willing to collect in one place. So maybe, uh, I guess, like that is when, you know, alarm bells all started ringing, just like maybe we can turn this into a people want to come and see these guys. And then, yeah, that was the thing before every What Culture WCPW shows, we would do a meet and greet beforehand, mm -hmm. just us in the ring and people queuing up to take photos with us. And it was really, really weird because <laughs> I wouldn't want to take photos with me, but uh, people oh, did. You didn't even know who I was, Luke. No, I would now, though. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if you said yeah, to me, hey, though. if you said to me, it's like, oh, me, do you want to take a photo in the ring? I'd be like, oh, go on, Adam. That sounds like a right old lovely time. <laughs> Thank you, mate. I, I mean, I guess this is probably like, do you want to do the announcement now? Um, because obviously, like, WTPW has been on the, <laughs> I've been on the burner for a while, and I feel I, I thought that was the reason why you invited me on to do this to announce that we will be doing the. Uh, I, um, I, just want to, I just want to stress now that Adam is joking. We are not launching a promotion. Cowards. It's cowards. <laughs> what, how are we supposed to bring people together after a, after a pandemic? <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, it, it, it was very, very weird. Um, I, for, for, you know, I was never hugely comfortable in that kind of doing like the meet and greet stuff because i just it always like imposter syndrome is pretty big at the best of times uh like i you know i still feel like i shouldn't you know like this is this is very a weird thing for people to like um but like back then when it was sort of like at its peak you know um my <laughs> Uh, things have cooled off now to an acceptable level, uh, but no, back then when it was sort of at its peak, it was pretty and you know, pretty crazy. I was just like, "Wow, okay, yeah." And like, there, you have there's, you know, like we we deal with that um, being on Wrestle Talk. Like, you want to be like, you don't want it to ever take what you do too seriously because that way madness lies. And I, you know, gone down that road. Uh, but there's also like a point where it's just like, well, you, yeah, some people, you know, people do messages in saying just like, uh, watching your content is really helpful during hard times. Or like, uh, I like, you know, like you guys do mean a lot to me. And, you know, you have people who do buy our merch and like people who, you know, are willing to part with their money for stuff that is associated with us. And so, yeah, it's, it was it was always weird, but like it would it would never be like a thing that we ever kind of didn't enjoy doing. It was just yeah. like kind of like oh this is this is pretty mad, but like every single time I would be just like yeah of course then I'll do the meet and greet yeah absolutely because, um, yeah, for you know for, it was for some for, I just remember like every WCPW show it would be someone's first WCPW show, uh, and for every. WCPW show probably would be someone's only WCPW show. So it's like, no matter what happens, you go out and you, yeah, like would prefer if they, you know, if they, you know, spent their hard earned money on wrestlers merch, but you know, if they want to spend it on a meet and greet, then yeah, we'll go out and we'll chat and be as nice as we can. Now, when we were doing Built to Destroy 2016, I did say that there wasn't a write-up about it in the Wrestling Observer newsletter from Dave Meltzer, hence why we had to go to your favorite place, uh, Back Body Drop. <laughs> However, there is a write-up on your match with Rampage Brown. Is there? 
Yes. Oh no, there that is. is. There is. I remember this. Ever oh, so slightly. Ever oh, so slightly. Does a yeah. yeah, I can't remember what it says. Well, I've got the direct quote here, Dave Meltzer. There was still unappealing silliness with Rampage Brown fighting what culture man Adam Blompier, which you could only have enjoyed if you're a fan of the channel prior to WCPW. But I'm sure people who bought the show would have felt like they got their money's worth if only the live stream had worked. <laughs> what a write-up. The only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, we decided to review a couple of extra matches, uh, some sort of like choice highlights from WCPW's history. The first of which is between Drew Galloway and Will Ospreay from Exit Wounds 2017. It's Drew Galloway defending the WCPW championship against Will. Um, is the, so I saw one of the comments that said this is the highest rated match in WCPW history. Is that true? Oh, possibly. I, I know that some of the World Cup matches got quite highly rated, um, but this certainly it, I can I can imagine it like we like obviously Will Ospreay put on a load of great matches for us and Drew Galloway put on a load of great matches for us. So it, it would make sense putting those two together would create something of quality. Um, but I don't actually. Yeah, we. I think after after getting burned by uh, the Observer, at, but a combination of the Observer and BackBodyDrop.com, like that. That's <laughs> that's enough to make anyone's kind of like wary of going to the press. So, what was it about this match that that you wanted to pick for us to to review as a bonus? I just well, so we picked two bonus matches, and I basically just wanted to. Uh, pick these two as a sort of indicator of how good uh wcpw was at picking future nxt champions <laughs> i mean we've it had is... three <laughs> and it is like there is a there's a stark difference between built to destroy and exit wounds in terms of the presentation the the, the way that it looks like the the atmosphere about it like this this is a really grown-up version of of the show that that we reviewed previously and i, I mean that as a, as a a compliment to the highest regards because you know i did enjoy build to destroy as well and it is it's really like cool to see sort of how much the company grew to this mm. point yeah absolutely um Obviously, uh, Will Ospreay, uh, you know, he's he's wearing his suit, uh, which yes. is a direct homage to myself, of course, in my <laughs> match with Rampage Brown. Um, I've always been something of a hero to Will Ospreay. He may not admit that publicly, but uh, you know, it's very clear that, you know, um, I, I've inspired uh, I've inspired a great many aerial assassins in my time. <laughs> uh, I'm joking, obviously. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's um, there's the match quality just got better and better i think as it went along um with um with what culture uh, pro wrestling and i i kind of just wanted to i just wanted to throw an absolute blockbuster on here just to be just like no ifs no buts and i kind of like it is a very kind of of all the matches uh, on that we talked about this is the one that's most like this is an indie promotion match um because it, it has that well, there you go. See, it has it has no bells, no whistles of the kind of watch culture stuff, uh, but it is just literally two amazing wrestlers having a go at each other, which is like something that we kind of. We, it wasn't all about me, Pachiti, uh, and Jack the Jobber. 
um there was there was still some just straight up his two dudes uh or his his two dudettes uh let's watch them um beat the eight bells out of each other um there's a really really fun one which i almost wanted to put on this list which was uh ricochet and tessa blanchard versus um will osprey and b Priestley, which mm. would have been mega fun like a sort of intergender mixed tag but uh i think this is probably will's best work with us and i think maybe drew's as well it is really really good like it is like high octane from the start like you know the the big like the the big power move into the crowd it is pretty wild the finish is wicked as well like i really really enjoyed the finish because it's all based around you know that that future shock ddt um this is pre claymore days i'm, I'm mm. gonna i'm guessing and i think he hits the claymore in the match he does yeah officially a claymore like it's clearly a signature move that yeah yeah it, it's really really and and b Priestley then gets involved she pulls out the referee after a, a future shock ddt and then gets in the face of drew and drew very politely asks her to leave and she does not she defiantly stands up so he headbutts her really hard. It's one of the most cherished gifts in WCB Duffy history. <laughs> it drew Galloway just yeeting B Priestley out of frame as well. It's like that um, Keith Lee, uh, Adam Cole gif where she's just gone, just yeah. not, in, not in the picture anymore. Uh, no, that's a, that was a lot of fun. Uh, just watching Will just being like, because Will, Will always does yeah. a good face. And it, well, that's that's one of the other things I was going to say about Will is the facial expressions he has during this. When Drew kicks out of the Oz cutter, like he does the whole uh, the Shawn Michaels scurry into the corner uh, at the during the Hell in a Cell match, being like, I don't know what to do now. Now what do I do? Yeah. And then Drew hits this incredibly wicked spinning Future Shock DDT. It's really, really good stuff. Like I thought Osprey was was awesome in this match. Yeah, uh, it's it, like it was one of our highest viewed matches as well. Like it's always weird, like considering like we're essentially like a YouTube promotion. Like it was interesting to see because like we didn't have ratings. Like we got like buy rates for pay per views, but like yeah, we're in, in we're an i we're an internet company. Like buy but you know pay per view buy rates are very low. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we're not in the ninety thousand that you need to make a WWE pay per view profitable, or at least it was in the old days. Uh, but so but you could sort of tell where who was what compared to because of the youtube uh views like they were just a kind of like an instant ratings uh system and they weren't always reliable obviously like there are there are people who just have like this international appeal that complete like what like our top the defiant wrestling's youtube channel i was looking at it the other day the most the the video with the most views is Rey Mysterio versus Alberto El Patron and that has 67 million views bloody hell yeah is insane um but this match between uh you know two indie guys and it was before drew uh obviously reclaimed himself as as drew mcintyre it's done you know north of a million views like this is a match that's clearly kind of resonated with people people have found it out people have sought it out and it's it, i think the quality speaks for itself and it's not long before he re-signed with wwe no we really should have put the belt on will here turns <laughs> out <laughs> So, I mean, you've, you've told the story before on a podcast, but do you want to uh, tell it again for those who might not have heard it? When you found out that Drew Galloway had re-signed with WWE? Yes, uh, Patricia and I were in the audience for NXT uh, TakeOver Orlando. 
it's delightful um we so we just come literally the same day the same day um drew had successfully defended the wcpw championship against rampage at our show that we did which was quality it was it was yeah we didn't quite have enough time to kind of get the venue looking right uh the commentary was jim Cornette and king ross which you can imagine he loved (laughs) what a combo yeah i don't know if it was uh Jim Cornette and King Ross for the whole of it, but there was a point where it was Jim Cornette and King Ross, which is just, it's its the most beautiful combination of personalities I can imagine. Um, I can't remember what that show was called. Doesn't matter. That was the show that saw Jack become a two-time DDT um, Iron Man heavy metal weight champion. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, so Drew Galloway successfully retained his title against Rampage. Uh, I've, I, see, I actually remember asking Drew, so... Uh, you got anything good planned after this? And he was just like, oh, I'm just going to have a, 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 a quiet night. <laughs> so Pachita and I were like, yeah, 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 we're going to go to TakeOver. It's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so we were yeah, it sat, sat in TakeOver watching um, the show. And then, of course, the camera pans to Drew McIntyre in the crowd. And it was like, huh. <laughs> cool. A quiet we need night to get in the- a building, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we need- we need to get the belt off drew now uh yeah i i can understand like why he didn't say anything i'm sure there were all sorts of like conditions of blah, 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 whatever it, whatever it's fine like drew did the right thing and and put over someone on his way out um it, it's fine and like obviously he's killing it now uh which he more than deserves he's a genuinely lovely fella uh but yeah it was a a galling experience and suddenly just your phone just lighting up being like uh, <laughs> some cool got some calls to make was there anyone that you considered putting the belt on that never got it uh no not um, like that we had on obviously prince amin would have been a, a fantastic wcpw champion <laughs> uh um i no I, I don't think so like we didn't want to really put it on like too many visitors we wanted it to be like a home guard. like i mean I think cody like if he if he had kind of stuck around like he would have been a good person to have the belt um for a little bit if we if we knew that we could keep getting him but unfortunately it's not always the uh mm. the case yeah um i don't think there was anyone that we would just like i think we probably should have put it on will um yeah. osprey just considering how much like because he was there from loaded episode five and he was right like he was in he went right through to defiant you know did a couple you know he you know a huge part of the pro wrestling world cup i guess like it, i guess because we yeah he was in japan that we just weren't sure if we could ever reliably book him yeah will was one of those guys that we were just like we could get him great put him in a dream match perfect don't need any kind of like you know we've got this kind of swords of essex storyline bubbling away but we don't need him for every show whereas if we had him as champ that would have been a difficult thing but i do the only regret i guess would be not putting it on will osprey uh dave melter really liked the match between osprey and drew galloway he gave it four and a quarter stars oh good day fucking piped up did he fantastic <laughs> news he called it a killer match uh that he really liked it and said that he really liked the finish as well well, that makes sense. Like, I mean, he's, it's weird that he liked a Will Ospreay match though, isn't it? Like <laughs> yeah. not, normally he's so, 
opposed to the lad. It seemed so out of character for him. Back body drop, on the other hand, would say uh, that was a hell of a main event. Osprey and Galloway worked well together after the opening piece in the crowd, and this ended up being a really fun little title match, all being told three and three quarter stars. <laughs> Everyone can go fuck themselves. Everyone's a critter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it, it was it was fun. Like uh, in terms of kind of like backstage stories, not much to tell. Just um, we had a, a really great champion, uh, and we had just a, a load of people through the doors just having really great matches with him. Like Drew Galloway had, yeah, he had a nine defenses, and all of them were pretty much baller. Like mm. he's he put on some really really good stuff for us, which is why, yeah, it, it's hard to feel anything but kind of like you know just gratitude for the time we had with him and hopes that. Uh, he gets to make at least one successful WWE Championship defense in front of a crowd. That Absolutely. would be nice. Yeah. Um, right. So, what was the second match that you've picked out for us? So, I wanted to include something from I think WCPW's kind of magnum opus. I guess I I, I think that you know, obviously, you know, my my stuff to one side, uh, all you know, and Pachiti's stuff and all of that nonsense that kind of got people through the door in the first place. The thing that we're most kind of proud of in terms of WCPW is the World Cup, hmm. which I thought was great. Um, like a, a lot of people, especially because it happened at around about the same time as Five Star, uh, you know, doing their kind of 128 man yeah. yeah. And then that kind of folding, I think a lot of people will be just like, ah, yes, overambitious Brit res again. Uh, pulled it off, dag nabbit. Uh, you know, it didn't always, it didn't always go to complete plan, but, um, you know, all the matches that we booked happened mostly. Uh, so we were happy enough with that. Yeah. I mean, like I was going through the list of people, so I'm just going to read off just like a few of the names that appeared in this tournament, the 64 man tournament, which is very, you know, it's quite ambitious and Helico, bad bones, Bobby fish, BT gun, Bushi, uh, Drago, Drew Galloway, uh ray phoenix flash morgan webster harry smith hiromu takahashi james icarus was in the tournament james storm jay lethal uh joe hendry joseph connors juventud guerrera jushin thunder Liger, keith lee kyla riley kashida um who else we got martin kirby matt seidel uh mike bailey love mike bailey speedball moose nick aldis pentagon jr uh, Rampage, Rey Mysterio, Rene Dupree, Ricochet, RJ Singh, Show, Tiger Mask 4, Will Ospreay, Zach Gibson, and Zach Sabre Jr. That's just some of the people that were in this tournament. That is a stacked, stacked tournament. I believe Cody was also in there as well, but pulled out just before it started. Something like that, I think. Yeah, and then he ended up working Drew, I think, at one of the shows. Uh, yeah, it was like, we, yeah, wow, huh? Um, it was, uh, yeah, a pretty, it was a, a very ambitious thing. Uh, it was so much fun to book that. Just being able to say to Will, hey, Will, thanks for everything you've done for our promotion. Here's Rey Mysterio. He's he's all yours, which I know meant, a, like genuinely meant a whole bunch to to Will Ospreay. I think, I, yeah, we were his first match. 
uh, with Mysterio. Uh, and that was a really fun match to see as well. Yeah, Dave um, Meltzer actually wrote about that in The Observer. Um, people said that the Drew Galloway match was rated higher. It wasn't. Um, Dave Woods write the most viewed match was in the was in round six, uh, the round of 16, where Osprey beat Mysterio Jr., a match that came across like a passing of the torch. It was four and a half stars, and the post-match saw Osprey almost in tears talk about how Mysterio was his childhood hero. Yeah, all true that like like he like he's he'd wanted that match for a very long time and yeah it's gen- it's when you can give wrestlers matches that they really want it's really special uh there's loads of people who kind of like we're like hey i've always wanted to wrestle this person so we were able to kind of and you always you always get an end up getting a better match out of someone when they've something that they really wanted mm-hmm. uh, and the match you've picked out for us to review uh another another match another former wcpw star turned nxt champion i mean calling keith lee a wcpw star is stretching it but we did yeah we have had three uh nxt uh champions through our doors obviously him uh adam cole uh and uh drew galloway have all wrestled uh for us and yeah he, he i just i wanted to see keith lee I wanted to see a Keith Lee match, uh, which I hadn't uh, seen before. And Keith Lee versus Ricochet, it's just, yeah, like it's it's a lot of fun. This is the match that made Keith Lee one of my favorite wrestlers. Like I didn't, really? you know, yeah, I, I hadn't really seen that much of him on the uh, on the indie circuit at this point. Uh, I know he'd obviously been doing a lot of really great stuff like Rev Pro, etc. But I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't seen him do much of anything. Um, just because my indie wrestling was never kind of like truly kind of, especially when WCPW started, it wasn't. My knowledge wasn't great. I got to know about all these guys. But yeah, Keith Lee was a firm favorite after this match. Yeah, Rev Pro was the match. Uh, it was a match in Rev Pro. Uh, it was him versus Tomohiro Ishii, for, uh, which is just, it's still the greatest match I've ever seen live. Uh, That's the one that ends with Ishii giving him a brain buster, right? Jesus. Yeah, it's, is... yeah, it's like the whole match is built around the pair of them trying to suplex each other. And like when they finally hit that suplex, oh, it's just. It's absolute magic. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just looking through like other matches that you had, like non-tournament matches where you had you had the Bullet Club on the show. Uh, you had Grado there. You had Christopher Daniels defending the ROH title. You had, uh, what was the other one that really caught my eye? Was it Rampage Brown versus Tomohiro Ishii? Yeah, that was at the Japan show. That was Whoa. really fun. Yeah, yeah. We had, I got to, yeah, got to see Jushin Thunder Liger wrestle live shake his hand it's really nice yeah what what a lovely human being jushin thunder liger is i I luckily got to see him at rev pro and then at MediaCon, and i got to high five him on a segway nice very very lovely i remember yeah that footage of you guys riding around and he's so into it he's just like (laughs) he's (laughs) pumping pumping the uh the air with his fist it's really great you even had jack swagger on the show uh joe hendry beating him oh yeah yeah um so yeah so the 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 world cup where did the genesis of the world cup come about so that was from the bosses and dixon like that was they and and i you know i admit the first thing it did was give me immediate heebie-jeebies i was just like okay we've we've, well i didn't you know we've got we've got this promotion now uh you know that was that was 2016 it's just like oh right okay cool so it's like maybe things can settle down like we we finally got a rhythm where we're still making the stuff on youtube and we're booking this stuff uh and it's like it's all a manageable a manageable lick uh and then they were like okay what we're going to do is a 64 man world cup tournament i was just like god damn it 
<laughs> like great I, yeah you gotta love the ambition but it was just like can we not get like a few months where we just calm down <laughs> we're so tired and this is just uh, before you left right yeah so it, it this blew off in august i think 24 uh, 2017 and then we were gone next month yeah. so i think part of the i like especially at the finals i think yeah we knew that we were we were gonna go uh so it was a that had a kind of an emotional note mm. as well uh well i mean the match itself is i mean it, it's keith lee versus ricochet what are you expecting it's so oh, so it's... great it's the it's the moment where because like the, you know the, you got uh bradshaw dave bradshaw that is not jbl and um matt side no um it's Matt Stryker on commentary. I think oh, it's so Jamie. Good. I think it's Jamie Kennedy at this point. Is I really? think Matt. I'm... I think I think Matt Stryker's on commentary for Exit Wounds, mm. and then I think Jamie Kennedy might yes. be on for. You're um... right. Yes. Sorry. Uh, and they're just basically putting over that. I just watched these two matches back to back. They're just sort of putting over that, like there is absolutely no way that Ricochet can match up to the strength of Keith Lee. And so Keith Lee just pops him up onto the top rope and just sort of like pats him on the, the cheek to be like, there's a good little boy. So Ricochet jumps off and does this big hurricane runner on him. And the crowd goes like, <laughs> whoa! And then builds up to something that is just mind-blowing. And it's Ricochet catching Keith Lee in midair and hitting the fall away slam. Yeah. Like it's, it's just nuts. He's like, I, I love like it's a spot I've seen a whole bunch of times, but I, I'm always kind of suckered in by the ricochet is secretly strong spot <laughs> yeah. because like, he looked like he's made of springs, but then he pulls like a deadlift, a crazy deadlift suplex on you, like something bananas. Uh, yeah. And he's, yeah, he's phenomenal. Like, um, it, it, it's that's a kind of a point where the crowd just kind of like um, just turns on because yeah. uh, it's like a, oh my god what uh, it's so so great so so great dave melter would say this was incredible said to be as good as their evolve match with great near falls back and forth and great flying from ricochet yeah ricochet gets up the surprise win as well um so he kicks out of um the the jackhammer so, so keith just picks him and be like well i'll just hit you with a second bigger jackhammer then <laughs> but ricochet rolls him through to get the pin it's a really really creative finish uh i i loved it absolutely loved it yeah i i that's the thing is like a lot one of the things you could level at wcpw is it just had a you know yeah it had a, ho a load of ho hokey storyline stuff you know like there's elements of butlins in there there's elements of youtube there's like soap opera drama like what the world cup was was basically a hermetically sealed non um non-canon um load of dream matches basically mm -hmm. we were just like well who could we get who could we afford and let's throw them together in the matches that most excite us as wrestling fans which is so much fun uh to do um you got to throw another will osprey ricochet <laughs> match in there why not you got yeah will osprey versus ray mysterio you got ray mysterio versus alberto el patron which and yeah obviously big big views uh yes yeah, speedball mike bailey introducing people to him it, lucky kid like getting like the, the show in germany was a load of fun going over to that's my, it's my first and only time to go to germany to to do that show and and see some of the guys from gf uh, gwf oh, cool. um yeah like cash money Erken, um pascal spalter who's so good such an entertaining heel um he had lucky kid it, yeah it's, it was really really good really fun 
Uh, Dave Meltzer would write, What Culture Pro Wrestling featured much of the best pro wrestling in the world this past week with the last few rounds of their 64-man World Cup tournament, which ended with Kushida beating Will Ospreay in Newcastle. The the result was a surprise given it's a UK promotion and Ospreay had just lost to Kushida in the finals of this year's Best of the Super Juniors. With talent like the two finalists, along with Zack Sabre Jr., Rey Mysterio Jr., Penta, Zero M, Ricochet, Hiromu Takahashi, Speedball Mike Bailey in the final round, people raved about the action. The question still remains as far as what culture and bringing in top stars uh, with its primary method of distributing remaining to be YouTube, which nets next to nothing in terms of revenue. The show did about 63,000 viewers live on YouTube between different sources. It appears that after the fact, the match itself did another 343,000 views because of the word of mouth, perhaps as much as the post-match. That dwarfed everything else in the tournament. The finals did 82,000 live and Kushida versus Will Ospreay did another 19,000 after the fact and was also a four and a half star match. It was not as good as their best of the Super Juniors match, but that was one of the best matches of an already incredible in-ring year. Yeah, we're really happy with it. Um, kind of wish we'd shut down after that. <laughs> just, <laughs> just be like, bye. We had our year. We had our yeah. year, and it was fun. Um, so where, why were, why did you go with Kushida over Osprey? We had to. <laughs> 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 it wasn't a choice <laughs> that was the condition of us getting Kushida is that oh, he, that had, he to had to win <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on Dave where's that report <laughs> yeah, a little exclusive for the Wrestle Talk uh, elite there uh, yeah no uh, the winner of the tournament was never in doubt it was always going to be Kushida it was just who did we want Kushida to face in the final uh and yeah we wanted will osprey to go all the way uh just because he's great um literally every every like will osprey's just a dream match machine anyone you anyone you put him against he's he's going to do amazing work um basically yeah so that is the wrestle talk extra review of built to destroy 2016 and a couple of little bit extras even a little bit of us exclusive right at the end there from from mr adam blompier oh i'm oh. great value <laughs> a little spicy bit at the end there uh what did you make of re-watching the show overall uh so like it's yeah it was a it was a trip down memory lane it was a a reminder of everything that wcpw was and uh, could have been um you know like what and it, it's kind of its journey its journey from you know <laughs> what was it like me and and jack getting decked by Big Demo in a leaky warehouse to uh, an arena show, essentially, with Kushida and Will Ospreay in the finals of a 64, you know, superstar uh, World Cup, which, you know, got write-ups in all of the kind of the major wrestling press. Like, that was pretty cool. It's a nice journey to go on. Um, and it was nice to, yeah, relive relive some memories because, you know, like, I, I, I kind of moaned at the beginning not only of this video but also at wcpw's life that like oh I, i'm not sure about this um but it turned out to provide a lot of really really special memories um not just for me but for some but for quite a few people and uh it, it is gone but it is not forgotten and it's yeah it was it was really sweet to go back and be just like oh we did some things right some things wrong some things right 
I uh, I very much enjoyed watching this show, um, not just because, uh, you know, I, as a friend of mine, watching you is sort of like a younger version of you, the you that I, I didn't, re- I, I wasn't fortunate enough to know. Um, doing some acting uh, was was a lot of fun. And yeah, I, I you know, the, the, the sort of the dinginess of the venue was almost quite appealing to me because it was, you know, it felt very raw and, and real for a YouTube channel to, to launch a wrestling promotion. I thought it was quite lovely. The, the match with Amin was, was very, very fun. Loved the Joe Hendry and, and Joseph Karner's tag match. And I really enjoyed that main event, and I did get suckered in. I got worked by that double turn. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was, was really good, and I enjoyed the two bonus matches that we watched as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that this won, and I've, I've really enjoyed chatting uh, about them all with you uh, and oh. your incredible insights on the subject. <laughs> my unique uh <laughs> insight now it was a it was a pleasure uh if uh, if another wcpw uh show wins the poll then i'd be happy to come back <laughs> even though you've told basically all your stories now. i'm i'm dry absolutely <laughs> uh I, I i still have a i have one or two salacious stories left which i'm pretty sure i actually can't tell i'll run it i'll have to run them past dixon first <laughs> Well, that is all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and for voting for this show. So it's August coming up next. Likely, I'd imagine a SummerSlam is going to to win the poll. Um, I mean, I'd imagine uh, the mayor of Painesville, Dan, will be petitioning for SummerSlam 2010 to win the poll, which has got the Team WWE versus Nexus, the the death of the Nexus, um, killing them before they even got going which uh, I'd actually quite like to revisit. You know, 10 years on, that'd be quite a fun little time to revisit. Can you name one other match on that card? Um, (laughs) Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston. That's just a random guess. Right, hang on. (laughs) I really didn't expect you to say it, because the thing is, like, that main event is something special, but it's just like literally all of their stars are in that main event. Um, no, sorry. Oh, oh, wait, hang on. No, you're right. It was the first yes. match. Yes, get in. Very good, mate. I just no, feel like, like, I just feel like rest... if, you, if you're in 2009 or 2010 or even 2011, if someone says like, name a match from that card, I think I could always just say Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston and 50% of the time I'd be right. Uh, so you've got Melina versus Alicia Fox. Uh, you've got Big Show versus the Straight Edge Society, a one-on-three oh, handicap the, the match. Three, yes, it is. The Big Show wins. Uh, you have Randy Orton versus Sheamus for the oh, WWE God. Championship. That and, sounds dreadfully boring. And Kane versus Rey Mysterio. Well, that sounds okay. But yeah, good. Randy Orton versus Sheamus sounds well dry as a, <laughs> uh, a championship match. Uh, you know that they're going to vote for it now, of course. Oh, yeah, to yeah. I mean, but Dan will be thrilled because I think he's vote. I think he suggested it for the last three years and it's never won. <laughs> so I think he'll be really chuffed that it might finally win. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you again next month. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 